Welcome back to another episode of Learn American English with this guy. I know there are a lot of English learning podcasts out there, and it means so much that you chose to listen to this one. If I could ask a favor from you, please leave a rating and a review. It really helps other people find the channel. Once again, thank you so much and enjoy. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brent here from American English with this guy talking about the phrasal verb gummed up. We might also use the synonym clogged, but gummed up can be used when you have a small opening, like a tube or a pipe, and for some reason, things can't flow through that tube. So your hairspray might get gummed up. This morning, I had some hand sanitizer. I tried to put on my hands to clean them, but it got all over my shirt because the opening was gummed up. A sink could be gummed up or clogged if there is a bunch of junk in the pipe. Hope this helps. See you next time. StreamYard is telling me it's time to go live. So I stream with something called StreamYard and they said, hey, you got to go. It's showtime. So welcome, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Looks like we have a couple people joining us here live. If you're listening to the podcast, welcome. Hope everyone's doing well. If you're watching live or on replay, do you mind hitting that like button? It really helps. YouTube, got rid of the dislike button. So all of the likes are really important now. But it looks like Dennis is here. Dennis, how are you? Says he is from the Netherlands. He says snow is always nice. Dennis, I have a bone to pick with you. You can say that in English when you disagree with somebody. Hey, I have a bone to pick with you. Like they did something you didn't like. Dennis, I have a bone to pick with you. Snow is not always nice. Let me give you a glimpse right here of what is going on outside my door. I recorded a little five-second video just to prove that it's snowing. Watch this. It's snowing. This is out my front door. You hear it? There was a little wind in the background. It's not a lot of snow yet, just a little bit, but enough to make my school get canceled. Hope Ario is doing well. Looks like Indonesia is in the house this morning. Welcome. Constantine is here. How are you? Audie, what's going on? Now, Audie says, I don't know how to say this because I don't want to see a big storm that you can't go to your school, but... Um, He's happy to learn with me live. Yeah, don't worry. I, I didn't want to work today anyways. I didn't want to work at my school. I would rather be here 
with all of you and teaching all of you English, but I have to make that day up. So today is a snow day, no school. But in June, when I was supposed to get out of school, I will have to go one day extra to make up for this day. English phrasal verbs, English phrasal verbs. Well, hope everyone is doing well. <laughs> hey, shout out to one of my students, Austin Boykin. Hope you're enjoying the snow day. Nice to see you in here, man. All right, so today's lesson, what we are going to do is I am going to read an English article from a new source called NBC. I will put it up on the screen. I will have a couple little banners for you. Like if something is really difficult, I'll be able to put up something like wintry. Wintry means an adjective and adjectives describe things. And I'll put in other examples of things you can say. So that's what we're going to do today. Let me pull up this article here. Boom. There it is. And I think one of the best ways to learn English is for you to see the text and for you to have it read to you. Now, if you are really, really advanced, you might be able to read this article on your own. But there are some difficult words here. And we're going to learn a little geography of the United States. We're going to learn um, what other words like disrupt and wintry and halt and numerous and determine. So if you know all of those words, you may just want to stop watching. You may just say, my English is so good. But if you don't know some of those words, you might want to stick around. You might want to stick around. Freddie Wolf is here. Good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, and he's from France. And he's saying just enough snow to cover the ground. Yeah. Winter is far from over, though. There's still many chances to have snow. Hey, I am enthusiastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Good to see you here. Let's get into that article. Wait. Before we get into that article, hey, if you don't mind, just put in, hey, I'm curious, which country are you from? If you could put that in the chat, it helps us get to know each other a little bit better. I know France is in the house, Indonesia is in the house, I think Russia is in the house, the United States is in the house. If you wouldn't mind, just, just drop that in there. Hey. I know some people here, though. Sita is from Brazil. She can't watch right now. Maybe you can watch on replay. Maybe you can watch. Hey, Ron, thanks for becoming a channel member. I do appreciate it. It looks like Russia. Welcome. All right, let's get into that article here. Boom. First little paragraph. First little paragraph. It has been a wintry and, in some cases, crippling first week of 2022 for the mid-Atlantic and Northeast, and it's not over yet. So in that sentence, I think wintry could give you trouble. I think crippling could give you trouble. And maybe you don't know 
what the mid-Atlantic is in the United States. Uh, why don't we Why don't we talk about that? Hey, good to see Turkey is in the house. Welcome. Oh man, a super sticker. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Got a little something for you. Oh, thank you so much for the super chat. Yeah, it means so much. It really helps the channel. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's talk a little bit about what wintry is. What wintry is. As I said before, you know, you probably know what winter means. You can actually use wintry as an adjective. And remember, adjectives describe things. It gives a better understanding of things. So you could say wintry weather. And that is the most common way to say it. Wintry weather. But we don't say wintry clothes. Clothes. Hard word to say in English, right? We would just say winter clothes. So winter clothes are things that are a little thicker, a little heavier to keep you warm. We have summer clothes. We have fall clothes. I know I talked about fall clothes in um, the fall video that I did a little while back. If you would like to practice some shadowing, well, here's a sentence. And if you don't know what shadowing is, it means when a native speaker says a word or a sentence and you repeat after or you try to say it along with the speaker. It's up to you. And of course, you can pause this and rewind and practice as many times as you want. But there are a couple W sounds in this sentence and it could be a little tough. So here we go. We are having some wintry weather today. We are having some wintry weather today. And that's true. That's true. In case you're just joining us, I do have a, a look right outside of my window. That's what it looks like. That is some wintry weather. Back to the article. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can't move on to the next paragraph, though. We haven't talked about crippling yet. Crippling. Let's talk about that right now, just in case it's new for you. Crippling makes it hard to move. You might have crippling pain. So if you are in pain so badly that you can't walk, that would be crippling pain. Today, the wintry weather is making traveling crippling. So in your car, if you wanted to drive right now, it might be a little tough. It might slow you down. So anything that makes it difficult for you to move, you can describe it as crippling, crippling pain, crippling pain. Now I live in New England and that is in the northeastern part of the United States. But let's take a look at what mid-Atlantic means because the article said mid-Atlantic. So if we want to take a look at the map, 
right here, the mid-Atlantic states, those are highlighted in the colors red and pink. That's what we would call the mid-Atlantic. So maybe you have heard of the Atlantic Ocean. It basically means the side of the country that has the Atlantic Ocean and it's the middle part. Those are the mid-Atlantic states. The states that are up in that corner, I don't think I can move my cursor, but they're in the top right-hand corner. That's where I live. That's the state of Maine. We call that New England. New England. So hopefully that helps for mid-Atlantic. And if you're listening on the podcast, I'm sorry. You don't see that map there. Hey, Mary's here. Welcome, Mary. Oh, look at this. See, now Mary has been studying English for a long time. She's from Iran. And she watches my videos two times the speed because she is so good and I speak so slowly for her. And there's a little, it's at the bottom of the screen. You can't do it now. But when this lesson is on replay, you can do it. And I, if I am speaking too quickly for you, you can slow me down a little bit. Good to see you here, Mary. All right, back to the article. If I can pull it up. Boom, there it is. So we're on the second paragraph. <coughs> Excuse me. Hang on just a second. If you saw my lesson this week, I was a little sick at the beginning of the week. I think it's getting better now, though. Sometimes I have the occasional cough, a cough every so often. Next paragraph right here. On Monday, the Mid-Atlantic saw its biggest snowstorm in three years, dropping more than a foot of snow in some spots and stranding drivers on I-95 in Virginia for more than 24 hours. So if you're not sure about feet, because here in the United States, we use feet, six inches is about 15 centimeters. So a foot is about 30 centimeters. So the mid-Atlantic got about 30 centimeters of snow. The other thing that might give you trouble is stranding. Stranding right here. Stranding. It means you can't move. We talk about this often with travel. And because so many flights were canceled during the holidays, you had some stranded travelers. That means they were stuck at an airport. Stranded drivers, that means they were stuck on the road. They couldn't move. Like it's worse than crippling. Crippling means you can still move a little bit. It's not good, but you still might be able to move a little bit. If you are stranded, you're not going anywhere. Hopefully that helps. But if somebody is in bed with pain, and they really can't walk, we would call that crippling pain. You could say they were stranded in bed, 
but it wouldn't make as much sense as if you were talking about traveling, travelers, stranded, stranded. Just checking the chat to see if I'm missing anything. Yulia, how are you? Looks like Mega's here. Welcome, welcome. Manual. Hey, again, thank you for becoming a channel member. But uh, Manual lives in a very nice place. He was at the beach. I don't know if he's rubbing it in that he was at the beach while we are having a snowstorm. But uh, if you were trying to rub it in, it works. So to rub something in, it means to make the feeling even worse. So I'm not really happy that we're having a snowstorm. And Manuel says, hey, I just got back from the beach. Sunny weather. And if you're someone like me who doesn't like snow and doesn't like winter, it might hurt just a little bit more. But I'm actually happy for my friend. I'm glad that he can go to the beach. I just wish I could too. Hey, I'm the best teacher. Thank you. Thank you, Bams. Thank you. All right, let's get back to the article. Make it bigger. Here we go. Stranded. Next paragraph. Washington picked up 6.9 inches of snow on Monday, which was not only a daily snowfall record, but the most since January 2019. It was also more snow than fell in the last two winters combined. So that word combined, it just means added to. So all of the snow they had for the last two winters, if you add it up, they got more this past week than they did in the last two years combined, added together. Next paragraph. On Wednesday morning, it was the Northeast and New England that experienced disruptive wintry weather that brought travel to a halt. Wow, that's hard to say. Should I read that sentence again? You can practice shadowing it if you would like. You can practice reading along with me. But woo, it's a tough one. So I'm going to start at on Wednesday, okay? On Wednesday morning, it was the Northeast in New England that experienced disruptive wintry weather that brought travel to a halt. You might be wondering, what's disruptive? Well, guess what? I have a couple examples here for you. Disruptive. It means it messes it up. It stops it in some way. A student can disrupt a class. Maybe the teacher is up there teaching. Oh, this may have happened to me a couple times. I have an assignment. Maybe I'm teaching at the board and there's a student in the back of the room talking. They're being disruptive. Snow can disrupt travel. So let's say you have to go to another city and that city is an hour away when the weather is good. You can drive there in an hour. 
But if there's snow, the travel could be disrupted. Maybe it takes an hour and a half to get there now. Disrupted, that can be a verb, disrupted. Or disruptive can be an adjective. It can describe something like a student. You could say a disruptive student. That would be how you use it as an adjective. And look at the last one. COVID has disrupted all of our lives for the past two years. Mm, Right? It can't run smoothly anymore. If something runs smoothly, there are no problems. If something is disruptive or disrupted, there are problems. Now, another, another word here is halt. That sentence also had halt. Travel was brought to a halt. It's another way to say it was brought to a stop. Hope that helps. Now, we're on to the next paragraph. No, we're not, actually. We haven't finished this paragraph. It's highlighted. When light freezing rain formed a glaze of ice on roadways during the morning rush hour, leading to numerous accidents and road closures. So a road closure is when the road is closed. You can't even use the road. Numerous. Does anybody know what numerous means? Just let me know in the chat if you know what numerous means. Oh, okay. Jamie said that we're going to do a live lesson soon together. Yeah, we have been talking. Halt. Oh, halt. The most famous word in World War II. Halt. Yeah, another way to say stop. But the question I was wondering. Oh, Mickey. Hey, thank you for your message, Mickey. I got a message from Mickey this week. I do appreciate it. It was nice to hear your voice. And that is correct. Mickey is correct. Numerous means a lot or many. So nicely done, Mickey. Boom. Lots of, lots of. Or is that Korean? Is that Korean? Many. Yes. Very nicely done. Very nicely done. Numerous. So there were numerous accidents. There were a lot. There were many. All right, the next one. Where are we at here? Whoops. And now. And now. And now, Thursday and Friday could feature yet another round of accumulating snowfall accumulating snowfall let me highlight that accumulating snowfall let me get that l right there accumulating snowfall we actually have a phrasal verb that we use for accumulating let me put that up right now you might also hear pile up So if something gets thicker, if something like we're talking with snow, like if this is the ground, if it's accumulating, it's getting more and more COVID cases. 
you might hear that in the news. COVID cases are accumulating. They're becoming more and more, or they're beginning to pile up. That's a phrasal verb we use that means accumulating, accumulating. Got another phrasal verb here for you just a little bit. Look at this. Bands build up. That's another way. Thank you, Austin. Nicely done, man. Nicely done. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Highlight this part. While it's too early to determine exact snow totals for securities, sorry, for cities from Fredericksburg, Virginia, New York, or Boston, snow does appear likely and the brunt of it may occur during Friday morning's rush hour. Okay. A lot to talk about that there. What about determine? Determined? Got it right here. Figure out. Yeah. I need to determine how I'm going to get to school. I actually don't because our school was canceled. But if the weather was bad and my car was not good, I might have to figure out. I might have to determine how I'm going to get to school. Could I Uber? Could I take a taxi? Could I walk? Hmm. When you have to figure out, determine. There was one other thing that I want to highlight too. And this is something um, you might not be aware of. This phrase here, the brunt of it. The brunt of it, it means the worst part of it. The brunt of it. We often use this with weather. Hurricanes. Those are storms that usually last a long time. Let's say this storm is going to last for five hours, but the brunt of it will only last for 15 minutes. That would be when the strongest winds would arrive, the brunt of it. Let's see, maybe your boss. Do you have a boss at work? Maybe you're the boss, but let's pretend you have a boss at work. And there were three people who messed up on a project. There were three people. It was all their fault. But the boss singles you out. And the boss is really mad. Maybe she calls you into her office. And then she starts yelling, wagging her finger. But the other two, they don't get in trouble. You would receive the brunt of your boss's anger, the most part of it, the brunt. Hopefully that helps, the brunt. Not an easy one, not an easy one. Back to the article. Oh, rush hour? Just wondering, does anybody know what rush hour is? Rush hour. I will wait, um, but big cities usually have two rush hours a day. Big cities. Smaller cities don't usually have rush hour. What do you think? Hmm. Does appear. It surely happens. Nice job, Manuel. Hope the beach was nice. Numerous means a lot of. No, no, not maybe. Yes. A lot of. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Adam, to mount up is another way to say accumulating. 
How about rush hour? Ooh, we wouldn't we wouldn't use this term maybe in the United States, but yes, it makes sense. Lots of traffic jams during rush hour. Lots of traffic jams. So when everybody is going to work, it's usually nine o'clock in the morning and five o'clock in the evening. Yes, Alexander, they do cause traffic jams. Rush hours, you will often see traffic brought to a halt or crippling traffic during rush hour. It just doesn't move as well. So yeah, busy times of the day for travel. So Boston is a city that's about a two-hour drive from me. And whenever I go to Boston, I try to make sure I'm not on the road at 9 a.m. or 5 p.m. because that is rush hour. It's rush hour. Yeah, the peak hour. Annual. Yeah. Nice to see you in here. Channel member. Thank you. Yeah. Lots of cars lined up on the road or in the road. Both prepositions work. Lots of cars lined up in the road. Lined up. Good phrasal verb right there. Hey, for just a second, I do want to thank the channel members for becoming channel members. So just for a little bit, let's go subscriber only. I'm sorry, channel member only. Just for like two or three minutes. Just to as a thank you for all the channel members. Thank you. It won't last too long. Just a little bit. This next part, uh, we're not going to go into, but there was a time this week that if you were driving on I-95, we should talk about I-95. If you were driving on I-95 on January 5th, you could have been stuck there. You could have experienced a traffic jam for 20 hours. Drivers were stranded on the road. They could not move. Kind of crazy. I would hate to be in that position. And my first question is, where do you go to the bathroom? 20 hours. You have to go to the bathroom in 20 hours. Is it a bottle in your truck? I don't know. These woods, I am sure, were used as a bathroom a couple times during those 20 hours. That's tough. That's tough. All right, moving on. On Thursday, now this was written a couple days ago, so this already happened. On Thursday, the storm system will develop and mature across the midsection of the country, bringing rain and storms to the southeast and Carolinas and light snow to portions of Ohio and Tennessee valleys. forgot the the there, uh, but I was looking at this. Portions? Portions. It means part means part. So you might have a portion of the cake. We normally call it a piece of cake, but a portion. Maybe you mm, will carve out, there's a phrasal verb, 
maybe you will carve out a portion of your day for exercising. So you just get a little bit of time during your day and you make that only for exercising. You carve out a little piece of your day for exercising, a little portion of your day for exercising. Yeah, what what happens, Mickey? Huh? Get stuck in the middle of the road? I think you'd I think you'd have to go into the woods, use the bathroom. I don't know. It's not good. Not good at all. All right, next paragraph, and then after this paragraph, we'll get everybody back in to the chat. By Thursday night, snow will spread across the Appalachian Mountains and into the mid-Atlantic and interior northeast, bringing the chance for snow to places like Charleston, West Virginia, Roanoke, Virginia, and Fredericksburg, Virginia, north to Washington and Baltimore. Interior. This means the inside part. Inside part. Like the middle part. Okay? So if you are talking about the country, see anyway can come in. If you're talking about the country, and let me bring up my map again of the country. So mid-Atlantic, it's, it's the middle. But if you go to the interior of the country, maybe the state of Texas. It's that big one in the middle. You might say that's the interior. California, if you know where California is, that's the exterior. That's the outside of the country. So interior means the inside Exterior means the outside. Let's take our bodies for a second. Your skin is on the exterior of your body. Your skin is on the outside of your body. Your heart, it's on the interior of your body. It's in the interior, interior, in the interior of your body. Let's get rid of that map. Get back to the article. Oh, I bet. Hey, Audie, our friend from Thailand, says Bangkok, the capital of Thailand, it's one of the worst traffic jams in the world. I bet. I bet. Not fun. Not fun. Next paragraph. Whoa, there's a lot here. My goodness. This is a hard article. I know, too. I know it's a hard article. Let's make this a little bigger. By Friday sunrise... Snow is forecasted. They have a typo there. Snow is forecasted to be ending in Washington, but could still be going on in Philadelphia, New York, Boston, leading to the potential for a dangerous morning commute. Let's take a look at potential. It could happen. Potential. It might happen. It could happen. So when you're looking into the future, you could say, "Mm, there's a potential for it to snow tomorrow. There's a chance. It could happen. The child, the child 
has potential to be an amazing adult. So we don't know. It hasn't happened yet, but hopefully it will. Now I'm going to use potential as an adverb. Adverbs, they give more information for verbs. That's what adverbs do. And in English, we usually add an L-Y to adverbs, but not always. That's the way in English. That There are rules, and then we break the rules. The wintry weather might potentially cancel our plans. So Jamie and I, my wife, she is in the chat, I think. She is. She is. She's still in the chat. So we have plans tonight to go out to eat at a restaurant. But our plans could potentially be canceled. Like there is a chance that we can't go because of the weather. But to be honest, the weather is supposed to stop this afternoon. So, And when I say weather, I mean snow. But sometimes when you know that the snow is going to be bad. Like you can just say, yeah, the weather, the weather might, you can use it for rain too. Yeah. The weather, the weather, yeah, it might cancel our plans. So if you're having a picnic in the summer or if you're going to the beach like Manuel is, yeah, the weather could potentially cancel your plans. Maybe there'll be a, a big rainstorm. Hope that helps. Look at this. Shakam. Yeah, live up to your potential. Very common English uh, saying there. Nice job. Alexandra, how are you? Um, Freddie Wolf has a question about interior instead of inside. So interior is often used as an adjective. Like you could talk about a house. I'm going to go inside the house. That's fine. But we have something called interior walls. Interior walls. Those are the walls that are inside your house. They don't they don't they don't touch the outside at all. So, can I can I move this here? I'll show you uh an exterior wall cuz it has a window. That's an exterior wall. But over here that's an interior wall. It doesn't, on the other side of the interior wall is another room. I hope that helps. Hope that helps. Interior. Um, inside. The inside. So I think, and again, with English, we can always break the rules, but I think inside would be a noun. I'm going to the inside. It's a place, the inside. Interior can be used as an adjective. If you want to use inside as an adjective, I think you have to add the preposition of. So you could say the inside of my body hurts. I don't think people would say this, but it hurts somewhere on the interior of my body. Yeah. We use inside of way more than interior. I hope that helps, Freddie. Hope that helps, Freddie. Mickey, 
my brother, my sister-in-law got married, had their honeymoon in Lake Tahoe in March. Oh, very nice. Oh, yes. Turns out the road had been closed for snow. That does happen in um, Lake Tahoe, I think is in Nevada. And they do have um, these mountains called the Sierra Madres. My brother was telling us a story last week during the holidays about those mountains. And he said they had like 190 inches of snow in one snowstorm. I don't know how many centimeters that is, but it is a crazy amount. Yeah, we do tend, many Americans tend to watch the weather forecast. You just never know. Do I need to bring a raincoat? Do I need to bring an umbrella? Are my plans going to be halted because of the weather? Yeah. Uh, Canada, I know the weather can change rather quickly. But I guess when you live on the beach, it's almost always sunny, right? Almost always sunny. Mm, Chakam is wondering, how reliable is the weather (laughs) forecast in the United States? It is usually wrong. We do have a joke about meteorologists. Meteorologists are people who predict the weather. They tell us what the weather is going to be like. And meteorologists are wrong like 50% of the time. They are wrong half the time. Half the time. Hey, um, Art, how are you? We're talking about a article, an article here about wintry weather, wintry weather. How do you pronounce, oh, okay, the first one, confidence, confidence. That means you believe in yourself, confidence. I have confidence and conference. That is where people meet up to discuss business, probably conference. So confidence versus conference. Hope that helps. Yeah. Hey, Ario, this is tough stuff. Don't feel bad. No way. Don't feel bad. This is tough. That's why we're going over this slowly. And you can watch this a couple times if you need to. Or maybe watch it next year when your English is even better. Hey, Freddie Wolf, thanks for all the amazing work you do. Hey, that means a lot. Got a little something here for you. Let me find it. It's right here. Thank you, Freddie Wolf from France for the super chat. Hey, thank you so much for the super chat. Yeah, it means a lot. Thank you very much. Hey, I love doing this. I love doing this. So, you know, I would probably do it for free, but those extra super chats or the channel memberships, it does help. Subscribing to the channel, it helps. Every time you watch a lesson, there's a chance you see an ad. Helps me out a little bit. Let me hydrate for a second. Ah, A lot of talking. It does hurt the throat a little bit. Not too much, though. I'm used to talking for many hours a day when I I teach. All right. Mega has to go. See you, Mega. I think we're almost done here, right? We just have maybe a couple more paragraphs here. So 
let me bring up the article here and we can keep reading. It will be a fast moving storm system. So all snow will be off the coast of New England by Friday afternoon. And what that means is that the coast is where the ocean and the land meet. And by Friday afternoon, all of the snow should be in the ocean. So we don't have to worry about it here on land. Next paragraph, snow totals along the track of the storm are forecast to be generally two to four inches, including along the portion of the I-95 corridor. I want to talk a little bit about that. I-95 corridor. There are some very famous roads in the United States. I-95 is one of them. So if you were to travel on I-95, you could start in Maine, where I live, the top of the country, travel all the way down to Florida on Interstate 95. On I-95, you would go through or very near to cities like Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. So it's a very busy highway in the United States. They really don't have rush hour there. It's like traffic jam all the time. Jamie and I were on a bus at 4 a.m. in the morning in New Jersey on I-95 and we were stuck in traffic. Okay. That sentence, I think, was good practice for prepositions. If you want to listen to it again, I use a lot of prepositions there. Open man. Hey, I remember you. You're back. You were a channel member before, and you're back. New member. Make sure you check the members tab for the Discord, the members chat, and the bonus videos. Yeah, so if you uh, become a member, we do have a Discord server that we chat on uh, daily, talking about our weather that we're having, the books that we're reading, sometimes just questions from members for future lessons. So thank you, Open Man. Welcome back. Welcome back. Almost done here. Almost done. He's back. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, that happens, open man. Um, I I am channel members on other channels. Sometimes, you know, I'm there for a month. I go away. I come back. You know, there have been some channel members though who have been around since the beginning for over a year and a half. And I thank you. And I thank you, open man. It's it happens. It happens. Life happens. Look at this. We got crippling. Crippling again, a crippling Monday storm. There could be some isolated totals up to six six inches, especially in the higher elevations of the Appalachian Mountains. This is a tough sentence. Isolated, it means like small parts. Um, Some parts 
small parts of the country might see six inches. But generally, generally, right up there, generally it'd be two to four inches of snow. But in some little small parts, some isolated parts, might get up to six inches. Higher elevations. Elevation is how high something is. So a mountain would have a really high elevation. Think of elevator. If you know that word, going up, higher elevations, that would be up in the mountains. And look at this. Meteorologists. Those are people who try to predict the weather. Meteorologists want to stress, however, that there is high uncertainty in these forecast snow totals at this time. And these snowfall ranges may change in the next 24 to 36 hours. Very tough reading. If you are not struggling at all with this English, you are very good. This is hard stuff. This is meant for native English speakers and I would say really good native English speakers. This is not for children. There is the potential that the snow system produces higher snow totals in a narrow band somewhere between Virginia and Massachusetts. And the proximity to the I-95 corridor will determine the level of impact. Oh my goodness. Let's take a couple um Let's take a couple of these. Let's see. Proximity. Let's just talk about that right now. And you'll often hear close proximity. It just means next to or near. I could say, I could say this. Let's do some shadowing practice. The school is in close proximity to my house. The school is is in close proximity to my house. That's just another way, an advanced way to say, I live close to the school. I live in close proximity to the school. The school is in close proximity to my house. Have we already read? Okay. Oh, I-95 corridor. A corridor. Does anybody know what that is? A corridor. That's how you pronounce that word. Corridor. Corridor. It's actually... What? No way. Shakam, you said the article is a piece of cake. It's very easy. That's good. That's good. Um, Audie is wondering, what's the longest highway in my state? It's I-95. Yeah, um, I live about two miles from I-95, maybe one mile, not too far, maybe three kilometers or so from the highway, I-95. And it's the longest road in my state. It's the longest highway in my state. Anyway, I'm not sure. It's a real brick outside right now. I don't know. That might be that might be British English. Yeah, because we wouldn't use that. It's a real brick outside. Mm. 
I don't know. So bricks, um, like if you think of a house with a chimney, a brick makes up that chimney. Lots of little bricks make up that chimney, but I don't know. I don't know what that means. Oh, good question, Hansa. Do we use Celsius in the United States or is it only Fahrenheit? Yeah, only Fahrenheit in the United States. If you ever watch Bob the Canadian, he says in Canada, they will use both Celsius and Fahrenheit. But I promise you, most Americans do not know how to use Celsius. I barely know how to use Celsius. I know zero is freezing. I know 100 is boiling. And I know like 35 is really hot for weather. So, yeah. Manuel says, instead of the world being your oyster, if the world is your oyster, it means you can do anything, right? You can, you, there's, you have um, potential to do anything to use one of our words we learned today. Um, it should be changed to the weather forecast. You decide your oyster. Yeah, exactly. The, the, and I think they're getting worse. It seems like when I was a kid, the weather predictions were pretty true. They were pretty accurate. And now it's getting worse. If they say it's going to rain, it's probably going to be a sunny day. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Passage. Um, sometimes we call reading in English a passage. If you're taking a reading test, you might have to read the passage before you answer the questions. And I know my students hate it whenever I say passage. Passage. Yeah, same with pounds. Brian is correct. We don't know kilograms. We don't know the kg. No, that's too bad. Americans, are, we have to be different. And we don't care if the whole world is using the opposite of what we use. I don't get it. I wish we used kilograms and kilometers, liters. We might know liters a little bit, but because of our gas, it's no, our gas is in gallons. Um, soda sometimes comes in a liter or a two liter bottle, but yeah, come on, Americans, get with it, get with it. All right, last, do we read this already? Maybe not. While the last paragraph here, while there was, while there was low confidence in forecast snow totals, as of Wednesday morning, there was higher confidence in the timing of the snow. So what that sentence is saying is at least they admit we don't know how much snow you're going to get. We just know when it's going to start. That's what that is saying. Confidence. Confidence. Confidence means you are sure of something. You are certain, okay? I am confident if I look out the window, 
It's snowing right now. And guess what? Can I move it a little bit? Like, let me get this bigger. I think I can show you that. Uh, Sam in the basement. You really can't see, but there, there's some white there. But that's uh, that's my deck. That wood part, I'm underneath my deck. But I can assure you it is all white out there. I'm certain it's snowing. I'm confident that it is snowing. I have confidence that it would. I think I messed up on that. I have confidence that wood will be able to do some work. That's that's I type. That's a typo right there. What the heck happened? Let's see if I can fix that. This one hopefully will be right. I'm confident that it will snow tomorrow. Okay, let me fix that one. I think it's a we. My teacher, go. Native English teacher, you should you shouldn't have typos. I think this is better. I have confidence that we will be able to do the work. You are sure of it. You know you can get that work done. I have confidence. I am confident. So confidence is a noun. I have confidence. I am confident. Confident. That means uh, uh, you have something. I am confident. I'm adjective. You can describe. I am confident that it will snow tomorrow. I have confidence. Hope that makes sense. Hope that makes sense. Any last minute? Yeah, Constantine, the people who write these articles, they love using those buzzwords. And buzzwords in English, it just means words that are used a lot, words that are going to grab your attention. Yeah, the authors of these articles love using those buzzwords. Yeah. All right, y'all. I hope everybody, hope everybody had a, uh, oh, really? They've used leaders in Oz? Oz. Hmm. I've never seen that show. Never seen that show. I do want to thank you all. I do want to thank you all for joining here. And I hope your English got just a little bit better because of this lesson. See you later. Adios. You ready? Are we ready? I'm ready. I hope you're ready. This is going to be a difficult lesson right here. That's why I have my reading glasses on because we are going to discuss the 20 most difficult sentences in all of English. All right. And the reason that these are so difficult is because they contain words that look exactly the same. They are spelled the exact same way, and yet we pronounce them differently. Now, that, that's not fair. That's not fair to anyone who knows English, and it's definitely not fair to anyone learning English. Before we get too far, though, I do need to give a huge, huge shout out to Amina. She dropped this super chat before we started, she dropped it last night and I happened to be on YouTube and I saw it because it doesn't last forever. It will disappear. And she left a note saying, hey, sorry, 
I can't be there with you. I have to work, but I'll watch on replay. So I wanted to start off with a huge thank you for Amina. I got a little something for you. Hey, thank you so much for the super chat. I mean, that's huge. I think I, I believe it's the biggest one I've ever gotten. So Amina, thank you so much. I am going to do a video for her on the other channel. She was wondering, hey, but she didn't ask a question. She just dropped the chat and said, hey, thank you. But I said, is there anything I can do for you? She said, ah, answer this question. How did America get its name? So on the other channel, American English Guy 2, uh, I'll do it. American English Guy 2, T-O-O. Yeah, check it out. All right. So thank you so much for that, Amina. Yeah, and these sentences come from a very old newspaper article. I did not take this picture. I found this online. The lady who wrote this, um, I don't know where she is, but she came up with these 20 sentences. And as a native English speaker, I read them thinking, whoa, that's hard. And then I thought, if you're learning English, this might be near impossible. So let's take a lesson. Let's take an hour or so. Go over these 20. Hopefully by the end of this lesson, you will know English a little bit better. A little bit better. Hey, I want to say hi to Freddie Wolf from France. Madi's here. Hope everything is going well. Saudi Arabia. Hey, look at that. Audi. Audi the tie is here. Welcome. Welcome. Hey. Happy to do it. Love doing this. One of my favorite hours of the week is teaching English and saying hi to everybody. Do want to do want to say uh, Mega? Hope you feel better. Looks like she's got a fever today. Constantine, channel member, thank you so much. He does have a question, and uh, what's the difference between suddenly and abruptly? You know what? Not a whole lot. It just means something happens very quickly. The bus stopped abruptly. The bus stopped suddenly. Yeah, they're pretty much the same. So let's get... Oh, really? Okay, Brian is saying that he has seen this in his textbooks. I think this is somewhat famous. Once I started searching, I saw that picture quite often. So, hey... Huge shout out to Errone. How are you? Patty Candles here from France. Welcome, everyone. Yulia, hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. All right, let's look at the first. Oh, I got to say hi to Maria. Maria, how are you? Hope everything is well in Argentina. Hope you're staying cool. My goodness. Um, on the Discord server we have for members, some of us share our weather. Maria is boiling up down there. And Argentina, absolutely roasting. A couple other ways to say it's really hot. It's boiling. It's roasting. Meanwhile, Amina and Canada and I, we're freezing. She's always a little bit colder than I am, though. One day I hope to beat her. All right, let's look at the um, first sentence here. And luckily, I will have some... Could pull them up. 
I will have some slides with pictures to help you out as we go through this. So, but, but not quite, not quite yet. Not quite yet. Let's look at the first, first question or the first sentence here. The bandage was wound around the wound. I mean, how hard is that? The bandaged, let me say it correctly. The bandage was wound around the wound. Now, if you see, there are two words in that sentence that are spelled the exact same way. We have wound and we have wound. So let's talk about them. But maybe the first thing we should talk about is what the heck is a bandage? Just in case you didn't know. A bandage is exactly that. If someone is hurt, if someone has maybe sprained their wrist, that looks like um, they might have sprained their wrist right there. So the doctor might put on a bandage. Well, what the heck is wound? What the heck is wound? That is a verb. It's past tense of wind, which we will talk about later because it looks an awful lot like wind. In fact, it's spelled the exact same way. But let me make myself a little bigger. The action would be, I got my water bottle here. This is from Walmart, by the way. Anytime you see a great value, it's from Walmart. But if I had some string, which, I, oh, wait, I got a cord. here. I don't know if this is going to work. Here's a microphone. But this is, I would wind this, if I can do it, I would wind this cord around the bottle. You wind it around. If it's already been done, I wound it around. Whew. English, right? So that's a verb you might not know. Present tense is wind. We will talk about in a little bit. Past tense is wound. Sorry, wound, wound, wound. That's how you pronounce that, wound. I hope that is clear. The past tense of wind. This is wound. So a place on your body where you have been hurt is a wound 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 jeez yeah wrapped around the wound yes that's correct constantine what the heck it's it's so it's so so crazy english right all right, if you have any questions about these sentences, drop them in the chat. It might be helpful for other people. I will definitely be answering those questions. But this is a long long lesson, so I will probably only answer questions about these sentences. Modex is here. How's it going, man? It's been a little while. Sure has. The bandage was wound around the wound pretty tough next sentence the farm was built to produce produce the farm was built 
to produce produce? Well, might be helpful to take some look at, at these words in picture form. Produce is a verb. It means to make something. So in one of those pictures, you can see a factory and it is probably producing something. It's definitely producing some smoke. It is probably polluting the atmosphere. And you can see those ladies in a row. We will talk about row in a little bit. But those ladies in a row, they are producing something. I can't quite tell what they're producing. They're producing something. Maybe something medical. I don't know. So that's one way to pronounce that word. Totally different meaning. Produce. And then this is an important one. Anytime you're in the supermarket, there is a produce section. Produce. And that is another name for fruits and vegetables. Okay. Hopefully there are no questions on that. But this lesson is not called the 20 most difficult English sentences for no reason. There is a, hey, what do you know? Amina is here. Hey, thank you again so much for the super chat. It looks like Amina is working. So please don't get in trouble. Don't get in trouble. Hey, okay. How are you? Turkey's in the house. Let's see. I thought I saw a question here from Freddie Wolf. Can I produce products? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Great question. Great question. Great question. Yeah. Um, Modags is talking about kernel and kernel. They are pronounced the same way. You, you don't have to know this word. I would say there's no reason to know this, but um, those are called homophones. Okay, homophones. Those are words that are spelled differently, but are pronounced the same. Please do not try to memorize this, but the words we are talking about today are called heteronyms. Like nobody in English ever uses that word, <clears throat> excuse me, heteronyms. So don't worry about it. But those are words that look alike, but are pronounced differently. Yeah. You don't need to know that though, probably. I would not worry about that. All right. The next one, we're going to be talking about the dump. The dump. It's a place you throw away things. Almost every larger town or city has a dump. And here's the sentence. The dump was so full that the workers had to refuse the refuse. I will say that again. The dump was so full that the workers had to refuse the refuse. So people are trying to throw away trash or they're trying to throw away refuse and they're refusing it. Refuse. You may know this word. It's another way to say no. 
So it looks like that man right there is refusing a shot. And that woman, who knows? I'm not sure what she is refusing. Maybe somebody is trying to ask her on a date and she is refusing. She's saying, no, back off. Not going to happen. So refuse, that is one way to pronounce a word that looks like that. And then we have refuse. Refuse, that is another way to say trash. You will rarely hear refuse. You won't hear that very often. But you know the place where I hear it the most often? Airplanes. So if you ever plan on traveling to the United States, you probably will do it on an airplane and they might use that word refuse instead of trash. I mean, it's just a little nicer to hear refuse. I can take your refuse for you. But um, most of the time we just say trash. I'm going to check the chat just in case. Excuse me, just in case there are any questions about these. Hey, hey, Constantine, hang on. We're going to get to that. We got a tough one for dessert, desert. Tough. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Tough one. Ivana, hope you're all doing well there. And Oh, Ivana, hang on a second. I got something for you next. Ivana is from Poland. We're going to talk about Polish and Polish in just a second. I'm not sure about that. Is electric generated from the dump in the U.S.? I don't know if we get our electricity from the dump in any way. Hopefully, that would be nice if we could turn the refuse into power. All right, let's see. Next one coming up. Like I said, Ivana from Poland. We have another one right here. We must polish the Polish furniture that we have at home. We must polish the Polish furniture that we have at home. Now, with this one, there is one difference. Polish, because it relates to the country Poland will always be capitalized. So here it's being used as an adjective. If somebody is Polish, they're from Poland. But let's talk about what is Polish. Hang on. Oh, I don't. Okay, I couldn't find a great picture for Polish. Um, Polish, that's pronounced Polish right there. That's pronounced Polish. There were a couple words that I could not find a picture for, but Polish, it means to make something shiny. So if you have furniture that is made from wood, okay, wood furniture, you could take furniture polish and polish it. Sometimes you will hear the English phrasal verb polish it up means to make it look better, to make it look shiny. You will often take a cloth and wipe the polish on the furniture. That's how you polish it. You can also have Polish 
And I believe Ivana is Polish. And Adriana and Luke, longtime channel members, shout out to them. Thank you so much for your support. Oh, yeah. Judith, it's coming. All three of those in one sentence. And if Judith hadn't written dessert or yeah, dessert for abandon, I wouldn't know if she was talking about desert or dessert. If it's by itself, it has no context, which is what makes these so difficult. Shout out to Miho from Japan. I hope everything is going well in Japan. Next one, unless there are any questions about any of these. I don't think so. Hey, another Polish channel member. Wow. Poland is uh, well represented in the Discord. Thank you. Emmanuel, yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad I could teach you something. Yeah, refuse is trash. Refuse is trash. Anyway, next one. Here we go. I almost have to read this one first in my head to make sure I say the first lead or lead correctly. Here we go. If he could lead, or sorry, he could lead if he could get the lead out. Same exact spelling there for lead and lead. Lead and lead. The first one, lead. So if you look that man who's in the front of the arrow, he is the leader. He is leading the other three people. They are following him. He could lead if he could get the lead out. You may be wondering, lead? What? Well, if you look, all of these things could be made from lead. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it's copper, but it is a type of metal, lead. A lot of pipes in the United States that might carry water, those are made from lead. So we have lead and we have lead. How confusing can English be? He could lead if he could get the lead out. Oh my goodness. Hopefully everyone is doing okay. Hopefully everyone is doing okay. Yeah, good point. Has anyone ever noticed that you pronounce pitcher a lot like pitcher? And in my opinion, Modags, those two words are pronounced in the exact same way. Pitcher, I have a picture on the screen right there of lead. And then pitcher can be two other things. It could be um, a baseball pitcher. The game of baseball has a pitcher. Or if you have liquid, it's a container to hold liquid, a pitcher. Yeah. English, what are you doing? What are you doing to us? Yeah. It's pretty tough. Hey, luckily we don't have any um, like masculine and feminine nouns for the most part. 
So like French or Italian has, you know, that can be tough. So every language has its own difficulties. This is one of English's, one of English's. It is when you have words that look the same, but you, you pronounce them differently depending on how they're used. My goodness. Hey, I want to say hi to Shevket from Turkey. Hope you're doing well there. Look at this. Layla. Layla, thank you so much for the super sticker. Got a little something here for you. Oh, thank you so much for the super chat. And that might be a good opportunity for me to grab some water. It's a little dry in here. I turned off the microphone because I didn't think you needed to hear me swallow my water. But Layla, she is a channel member, and I do appreciate that. And I also do appreciate that super chat. It's a super sticker, but a, a super chat. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey, Jamie, my wife, she is in the house. She can also answer questions too. All right, the next one, unless there are any questions about that. Okay, Fafa. I don't get what lead means. Oh, lead out. Oh, get the lead out. Okay. So, um, Welcome everyone. This is a bonus live stream. I wanted to try and test out my microphone, but guess what? It's not working. As you can see, if you are watching on video, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I have my AirPods in and I'm hoping you can hear me. The audio quality will not be as good as the microphone but I thought we could do a bonus live lesson. This will be on the podcast. If you are watching, you can see I'm in my bathrobe. It's almost bedtime here in the United States.
But before bed, I wanted to talk a little bit about New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Some of the traditions that we have here in the United States and in Canada and also around the world. We'll be talking about Bolivia, which isn't all that far from where Cecilia lives. She's joining us. She lives in Argentina. So let's check out the article here. And this is going to be great because it's almost like you have a free audiobook. I will read along with the article. You can listen. If you're here with me on YouTube, you can actually see the text. If you would like to read this on your own, there is a link to this article. It comes from a Canadian newspaper, the CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Channel, maybe. I think it's the CBC, um, but Canadian English, American English, it's like almost the same. Here we go with the headline. Before we count down this year, let's get some facts about New Year's Day. If you are watching live, maybe somewhere east, right? Maybe in Japan, I think it's morning time, or Taiwan, or Korea, or Thailand, I think it's already New Year's Eve for you. If you're watching in the Americas, north, south, central, we're still on December 30th, still here in December 30th. Let's look at the first introduction here. This year is coming to an end, but wow, 2021 has been another tough one. Most of us are probably looking forward to starting a whole new year. In many places around the world, New Year's celebrations begin on December 31st and continue into the early hours of January 1st. If that's a new term for you, early hours, it means right after midnight. So 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., probably the early hours of any day. Early hours of January 1st. Due to C-19, things may look and feel different. Instead of heading to parties or visiting friends and relatives, we will likely be staying home and celebrating with family. Let's hope 2022 will bring rays of sunshine. That might be a new term for you. Rays of sunshine. You really can't see the rays of sunshine, but it's when the sun is shining down on you you could call it rays of sunshine. Hope that helps there. It's, uh, Ray can also be the name of a guy in English, Ray or Raymond, but uh, can also be like the beams. Okay, so when we have a flashlight, you might call that a beam of light, what comes out of the flashlight. But you could say sunbeam too sunbeam, or you could say rays of sunshine. Hope that helps. Oh, Mexico's in the house. How are you? Mexico. 
we might be on the same time zone. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But North America, South America, well represented today. Before we ring in the new year, let's get some facts about New Year's Day. Now, before I read this article, I had no idea. The first new year was in March. So I think most of us use the same calendar. Later in the article, we'll find out in English, we call it the Gregorian calendar, the Gregorian calendar. It starts on January 1st and ends on December 31st. But I guess at one time, most people started celebrating the new year in March. And after we read, it might make sense. Because if you watched the other live lesson I did earlier today about Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa is a holiday that comes after the harvest, after all of the crops have been planted and brought out of the ground, the new year used to celebrate those crops going into the ground. Hey, Manuel, I'm doing well. Thanks for the shout out. Hope you're doing well. Oh, it's 7 p.m. I think it's also, was, yeah, it's, well, it's almost 8 p.m. here. Almost 8 p.m. here. All right, continuing with the article. So nice to see people here. I did not plan on this live lesson, but I'm glad you could join. Let's make it a little bit bigger here. The first new year was in March. New Year's wasn't always celebrated on January 1st. The earliest New Year festivities date back about 4,000 years. At that time, the people of ancient Babylon began their new year in what we now call March. Now, just in case you don't know where Babylon is, well, it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, the place exists, but it's called something different. Hey, Jamie Watson's in the house. Happy New Year, Emmanuel. Does anybody know where modern-day Babylon is located? In what country? I actually have a map. I don't think, I think most of the people from present-day Babylon are sleeping. Unless they are a night owl. Unless they like to stay up very late. But here is a map of Babylon. If I can pull it up here. I know I can. Oh, look at that, Raphael. Got it. Babylon is located in present-day Iraq. Boom. There's a map. Let me see that ad there. Yeah, but there's a map. You can see Iran, Iraq, Syria, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, the capital Baghdad, and that is where Babylon is located. 
I'm not sure if that looks like your map in your native language, but that's what it looks like in English. So modern day Iraq, Raphael, nicely done, nicely done. All right, let me, it's always difficult to share a new screen. So let me share this new screen here. Let's get back to our article. And we were right on this paragraph. I will highlight that for you. So you can read along with me. They would have an 11 day festival to celebrate the beginning of spring and the fact that crops were being planted for the coming year. So the new year used to be celebrated in March where I guess if you live in Iraq, you might start planting crops. If you live in the Southern United States, like Alabama, Florida, March might be a month in which you start planting crops. Where I live in Maine, which is in the Northern part of the United States, we have to wait until almost May. And I bet if you live in Argentina, you probably do everything the opposite way. Maybe in October, you start planting your crops. Maybe, I think. That's about when our fall is ending. So maybe a little, maybe September, you would plant your crops. I'm not a farmer. The next part here. Who changed it? To January 1st. Well, this guy, he looks a little bit like Santa Claus. He's got the red suit and the white beard. It is not Santa Claus, though. The calendar that we use, which is known as the Gregorian calendar, was introduced 400 years ago by Pope Gregory. We have some Roman numerals here. That's what we call these Roman numerals. Does anybody know what that Roman numeral is? It's an X with three eyes. One, two, three I's. Pope Gregory the... Okay, so Cecilia is saying September is when crops are planted in Argentina. Probably Brazil. Subway surfer! It is so close. If there were only two eyes there, that would be 12. But it is 13. Raphael, you get an A, my friend. You get an A. 13, Subway Surfer says. Yes, 13. So that Pope's name. And a Pope, if you don't know that in English, it would be the Catholic religion and that is who Catholics would think is the top, like the leader of the Catholic Church. And it changes. It changes. When the Pope dies, another one is selected. But back in 1582, apparently, there was this guy, Pope Gregory the Thirteenth. That's how we would say 
the Pope has a lot of power. He moved New Year's. He changed the whole day. The next sentence, I will highlight it so you know where I'm at. He declared once and for all that January 1st should be New Year's Day. And since that time, much of the Western world has celebrated the start of the year just like you do on the first day of January. Now, when they use that pronoun you, they're talking about Canadians. So they're talking about Canadians who would be reading this article. You who are listening to this English lesson, you might celebrate New Year's on a different day. But most of the Western world, we would talk about Europe. We would talk about North and South America. Australia would be considered the Western world. Africa, I believe, would be the Western world. When you're talking about countries like China, um, Japan, Taiwan, Korea, Thailand, Vietnam, that would be considered the Eastern world to Americans and Canadians. Now we're going to get into a little bit of how other people celebrate around the world. And you might be one of those other people. Remember, this article is written for Canadians. How does everyone celebrate? Here in North America, we usually ring in the new year by gathering with family and friends for parties. And you will hear that term, ring in the new year. So if you're living in the United States, somebody might ask you, hey, how are you ringing in the new year? And you might say, oh, I'm going to a party or I'm staying at home. I usually don't ring in the new year. I'm usually sleeping. Somebody might say that. Yes, Emmanuel, I am going live tomorrow. I will be doing the lesson on shaving, but this is a bonus lesson. If you're just joining us, my microphone is not working. I created this lesson to test the microphone, but there is a problem. I'm having a technical difficulty. So tomorrow's shaving lesson might be with my AirPods again. I don't know, but thanks for asking. The next one, let's scroll down. Oh wait, we're not, we're not done with this one yet. Let me highlight where we ended. Or even special meals and spectacular firework displays. But remember, celebrations might still look a bit different this year because of the pandemic. Maybe new traditions will be created. Yeah, I think most people like to celebrate with special meals, lots of food. And we'll talk about fireworks here in just a second. In Greece, now I'm not sure how to say this Greek word. It is also highlighted. I will do my best. If you speak Greek and you are watching or listening, I apologize because I will probably say this word the wrong way. In Greece, 
a gold or silver coin is baked into a cake called a vasilopita. Like, that's, that's pretty good Greek, I think, right? Vasilopita. That's probably pretty bad. The person who receives the piece of cake with the coin inside is said to have, let me make this a little bigger so you can see it, is said to have luck the rest of the year. And guess what? If you ever visit New Orleans, there are these cakes called king cakes. And in those cakes, there is a little baby doll that is baked into the cake. And if you cut that piece of cake and you get the baby, you get good luck for the rest of the year. Was that? Yes, the screen bigger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Needs to get bigger. Thank you. Thank you. That's better, right? So let's talk about uh, what happens in Spain. The next one. In Spain, they eat 12 grapes at midnight on New Year's Eve to bring 12 months of happiness. Right. When I lived in the South, we also ate. And when I say the South, I mean the American South, Southern America, not South America, not Argentina, where Cecilia is from, but the American South or the South, Alabama, Georgia, that's the American South. We used to eat something called black eyed peas. So let me get rid of this. And if you don't know what black eyed peas are in English, I have a picture of you, picture for you. Right there. Those are black eyed peas. And so some people in the South, I know Jamie and I used to do it. You would cook some black eyed peas on New Year's Day and eat them for good luck for the rest of the year. If you are watching live, um, I would love to know, do you have any New Year's traditions you would like to share in the chat? Practice writing your English. Or if you are watching on replay, how you doing? Thanks for watching on replay. Feel free to leave your traditions in the comments. In Italy, where I'm from, Subway Surfer, well, benvenuto, benvenuto, but why are you awake so late? It is very late. Before um, I, I went on live, I said, most of Europe is going to be sleeping. And my son said, oh, I think there are some Italians who stay up late. We know an Italian. Why can't I think of, uh, I can't think of what I say for your welcome. That's here. Um, Danula, Danula. How about that? Oh, Claudia says we have a similar tradition, but it's on January 6th with the baby inside the cake. We call it Rosca de Reyes. Not sure what that means. Reyes. Um, but it sounds cool. 
Oh, oh, okay. Subway Surfer is in the U.S. right now. That's right. New York? Are you in New York? I can't remember. I, I, thanks for sharing, Claudia. Thanks for sharing. All right, so those are black IPs. But uh, we should get back to the article. And again, yes, okay, New York, New York. Um, yeah, not Syracuse, is it? All right, let's stop that screen and we can bring up the other screen here where our article is. Yeah, there it is. Here's the article. So we talked about Spain, 12 grapes at midnight. How about Bolivia? That is in South America, Bolivia. While in Bolivia, families often hang small homemade dolls outside their homes for good luck. Now, if you are wondering what homemade means, I have something here, I think. Yeah, homemade, it literally means made at home, made at home. So hopefully that helps. The next part here, over in Japan. If you're watching this live, it is New Year's Eve over there. And uh, maybe you're just waking up. Happy New Year's Eve over in Japan. Over in Japan at midnight on New Year's Eve, bells and gongs sound to banish bad spirits. All right, a gong is a type of bell. It's big, it's round, and you usually hit it with something called a mallet. Usually um, there's cloth on that mallet when you hang the gong, uh, when you ring the gong. Banish means to get rid of. Banish means to get rid of. Highlighted part here. To leave the old year behind and welcome in the new one, the Dutch make bonfires in the street using Christmas trees. So a bonfire, it's just a fire, usually in a round maybe trash can, a metal, a big metal trash can. And that is one way to get rid of the Christmas trees, I guess. And when you're talking about the Dutch, those are people who are from the Netherlands, the Netherlands over in Europe. Portuguese children. So those are children from Portugal. Portuguese children go from home to home and sing songs for neighbors. They may receive sweets and coins in return. Now, I do want to point out this. Neighbors. Since this is a Canadian article, they spell it with a U. N-E-I-G-H-B-O-U-R-S. If this was an American article, you probably wouldn't see that U there. All right, what's with the fireworks? What's with the fireworks? You might hear somebody ask a question like that. Uh, for example... Let me come up with a good question. Um, maybe one of my students, when we go back to school, 
They come into the classroom and they're wearing sunglasses. I might ask them, hey, what's up with the sunglasses? Why are you wearing those? What's up with the, you can often use that when you're questioning something. Hey, what's up with those sunglasses? Why are you wearing those? Um, maybe I walk into the house and there's a smell. Hey, what's up with that smell? So if there are any uh, fans of the TV show, The Office, I'm going to say, hey, does it smell like updog in here? Does it smell like updog in here? And then the person says, what's up, dog? I say, not much. What's up with you? That's the worst. All right. Jen, channel member. Thanks for being a channel member. I think Jamie answered your question, but is homemade and homemade different? Just like that. They're the same. Yeah. Usually we don't use that dash in the middle or you might hear it called a hyphen. Yeah. Usually we don't use that. Oh, my Mexican accent is good. Thank you, Claudia. Hernandez. That's, that's my Mexican accent. Oh, man, I would love to, to go to Mexico. So my brother and his wife, my sister-in-law, have been to Mexico a couple times, and they really like it. They've also been to Costa Rica, which is a little further south. But I would like to visit Mexico one day. The weather, always beautiful from what I hear. Never rains in Mexico, right? No, I'm sure it does. But a lot of, um, was it Acapulco? Um, and if Jamie's still here, there's another, a lot of people from Maine will vacation in Mexico, um, but it's on the eastern side of Mexico. I believe Monterey is on the western side of Mexico. What's that little uh, on the Yucatan Peninsula? I think there's a there's a a very famous Mexican town that I can't think of right now where a lot of Americans will go on vacation. All right, maybe somebody will say it in the chat. What's with the fireworks? Fireworks originated centuries ago. Originated. That is a fancy way to say they started out. It comes from the word origin. Fireworks originated centuries ago and are believed to have been invented by the Chinese. They are said to chase away evil spirits and bring good luck, making them a perfect way to begin a new year. Why do we make resolutions? resolutions. Let's talk about that. I need to make it bigger. I'm sorry, Subway Surfer. I'm sorry, Jamie. Make the screen bigger. Oh, thank you. You're too kind. My uh, my Italian is not that good. Il mio italiano non è buona, ma Palo tutti giorni. Tutti giorni. Cancun. Thank you, Raphael. It is definitely Cancun. Thank you, Claudia. Definitely. Oh, we got to definitely go to Brazil, too. Jamie and I have a lot of places we would like to visit. A lot of places we would like to visit. 
Oh, very nice. Jeez. Thank you. A place to stay in Italy. My God. Perfetto. Perfetto. Grazie mille, amico mio. All right. Enough Italian because my Italian's bad. Let's go back to English. My English is better. All right. Uh, I wanted to talk about resolution. Resolution. So often Americans will make resolutions, New Year's resolutions. Maybe you make them in your own country. But at the start of a new year, a lot of Americans say, I'm going to eat healthier. I am going to start working out. If they smoke, smoking is bad. They might say, I am going to give up smoking. I'm going to stop smoking for a phrasal verb there for you. Phrasal verb. New Year's resolutions. Many of us make resolutions for the coming year. We promise ourselves that we'll do something better or differently after January 1st, whether it's quitting a bad habit or getting better grades in school. But where did we get this idea of making resolutions for the new year? It is believed that the ancient Babylonians were the first ones to make New Year's resolutions. They made promises to begin the year off right and to earn the approval of their gods. So we talked about Babylon earlier in this English lesson. So Babylonians are from Babylon. What's that song they always sing? I will not sing this song. If you know how to read music, you might know how that goes. But it's a very, very old song called All Lang Syne. All Lang Syne. The song that's traditionally sung at midnight on New Year's Eve is called All Lang Syne. Its title means Times Gone By. While this song is an old Scottish tune, a Canadian band leader named Guy Lombardo is responsible for making it a New Year's tradition. So if you ever watch New York City is where most of the United States will watch the ball drop from New York City. But when the ball drops in Times Square in New York City, you will hear that song, All Lang Syne, playing as the ball comes to to a rest. And who's the guy? Ryan Seacrest is the guy that hosts New Year's Eve now. But it was a guy named Dick Clark for a long time. When I was a kid, it was like Dick Clark's New Year's Eve party or something like that. But that song is very common. Ah, Thank you, Soledad. Happy New Year to you too, Brazil. So I'm sure it's nighttime in Brazil where you're at. Oh, yeah. Rio. Rio, that is uh, another uh, a channel member, Sita, and I have talked about we need to go to Rio. I know uh, that is high on Jamie's list. 
for places to travel. Rome is another one. So Italy, Brazil, so many places, so many places. I was watching a video in Nepal, or I was watching a video from Nepal that I would love to go to, love to go to. Look at that. So if two people are talking about being from the same area and they didn't know it, one thing we might say is, wow, it's such a small world. It's such a small world. Americans will often say that when maybe they have a friend, or they share a friend that they didn't know. Say, oh, you know that person? Yeah, he was my best friend growing up. Oh my gosh, what a small world. We say that quite a bit. What a small world. Make the screen bigger. I can't forget to do that. Here's the highlighted part. He performed the song at midnight at a New Year's Eve party in New York City in 1929. And it was eventually broadcast on the radio and TV stations around North America for the holiday. Even though it's become the go-to song every New Year's Eve. And that's a good English phrase to know your go-to. So maybe if you want to feel really happy, you have like a go-to song. Every time you play that song, you feel happy. So if you're feeling sad, you might turn on that song. That's your go-to song when you're feeling sad. Maybe you're having some friends come over and you need to cook a meal really quickly. And maybe you know this meal like it's the back of your hand. If you know something really well, you know it like it's the back of your hand. So if you have people coming over, your go-to meal, it might be lasagna. Like I could cook that very easily. My go-to meal, it's lasagna. Hopefully that helps. Hopefully that helps. Hey, Raphael says, many people used to make lots of resolutions on New Year's, but unfortunately, a huge percentage of them put these promises aside and continue living as always. That is so true. No way. Somebody, no, somebody is in the chat from Nepal. My gosh, that looks like such a great country. Such a great country. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I would. That is a dream of mine to go to Nepal, but it's so expensive. It's very expensive. And um, it looks like it's hard to travel in Nepal. So many mountains, the roads, you know, but it looks great. I watch a guy named Harold Balder, and he is showing videos from Nepal now, but he's visited there before. Yeah, a lot of people, the gym where people work out, it's always very busy in January. But then in February, there aren't as many people there anymore. A lot of people have given up on their New Year's resolutions. Very sad. Very sad. I am guilty. I am guilty of that. Who celebrates first? 
and last. All right, I did not know this little island nation, but we can read it together. If you would like to be among the first to welcome the new year, then you'll want to visit the tiny Pacific island nation of Kiribati, maybe? Kiribati? It's located in the world's earliest time zone. So it's always the first place on earth to welcome a new year. As for the last place to ring in the coming year, that title belongs to American Samoa in the South Pacific Ocean. And I think that is it. Yeah. So I hope you've enjoyed this uh, little surprise English lesson. We went about 40 minutes. So you can re-watch this. We covered a lot of terms. I will be going live with another lesson in just a few hours. I think I have 30 terms on shaving or removing hair, waxing, electrolysis, nair, lots of English terms. Thank you all for joining. You're listening on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed. If you're watching live, thank you so much. No way. And before I go, Pashu is from Nepal. That's amazing. That's amazing. So cool. So cool. Cecilia, thank you so much. Nepal. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for joining. And uh, I might see you in just a couple hours. Get some rest. We'll do it in the morning. All right. See you later. Brent here from American English with this guy. Uh, I think this is going to be English teacher challenge number 11. It might be 12. But in this English lesson, I cannot stop recording for any reason. But I do need to deliver a good English lesson so that you can improve your English. But even if I make a mistake, I have to keep rolling. I cannot stop the video for any reason. Right now, I'm walking in my neighborhood and it is cold, really cold and a little icy. So it's cold and icy and that's what makes this even more of a challenge. Plus, I have to have a light on and it makes it hard to see what's in front of me. But in this English lesson, I wanna tell you a couple stories about what happened to me last night, what is not going to happen to me in a couple weeks, and uh, why I have no beard. But before that, let's talk about the weather and talk about a couple English terms. Is the camera crooked? Is, is it straight? I'm a little worried about that. <clears throat> uh, hopefully, hopefully I don't slip on the ice. It's hard to see. But there is quite a bit of ice on the road. So the first uh, phrasal verb I wanna teach you is bundled up. It's a really cold night tonight, so I put on my hat, I put on my gloves, I am all bundled up. You want to bundle up before you go outside on a cold night. And I hear some machine running and the distance. That's part of the challenge. I have to keep 
teaching English no matter what happens. So bundled up is the first term I want to teach you. Hopefully you know that term now. The next is a term that we might use for nights like these. <clears throat> and this is a night not fit for man nor beast. So this is a night not fit for man nor beast. So you don't want to be out in this weather. I'm sure you know what uh, a man is. Well, I'm a man and I'm out in the weather, so I don't want to be out here. But uh, this is part of the challenge. Uh, a beast, that's a wild animal. So if you have a, a pet dog, you wouldn't call that a beast. But maybe a wolf out in the woods, we might call that a beast. So an animal that is wild, that is not tamed. And you notice that I used nor there instead of or. That's just the way the saying goes. A knight not fit for man nor beast. So older saying, we keep the nor. Hopefully that's something new for you. You will hear it when a night is cold or maybe a little stormy. All right, the next thing I wanna talk about, making sure no cars are coming down the street. The next thing I wanna talk about is uh, why I have no beard. <laughs> Tonight is Christmas Eve Eve. So it's the night before Christmas Eve, which is the night before Christmas. So tomorrow is Christmas Eve, the next day is Christmas. So this is technically Christmas Eve Eve. You will hear that saying every so often, and I am really, really disoriented. That's another term I can teach you. If you don't know exactly where you are, I'm not lost exactly, I'm just disoriented. It's, I don't know exactly where I am. I'm still in my neighborhood, so I'm not lost. I just don't know how far down the street I am. All right, I think I need to turn here. So the reason I, I don't have a beard is because uh, my wife and I, we don't really exchange presents. It's a good verb to use. If you give someone a present and they also give you a present. I don't know if you heard that bang, but I think it's so cold that um, some of the wood, if it has water in it, it pops and it makes a really loud bang. That happens on my back deck sometime. It's made of wood and it's when it's really cold, you'll hear some popping. Um, it's also uh, 15 degrees Fahrenheit out here, but the uh, weather, um, it's a little windy tonight. So it actually feels like three degrees Fahrenheit. And I will put what that is in Celsius on the screen. All right, back to my no beard Christmas. My wife and I don't really exchange gifts. Like we'll give our kids gifts, but we don't give each other gifts. We don't exchange gifts. So she really likes it when I don't have a beard. I think she's the only person in the world that likes my face better when I don't have a beard. So I told her, hey, for Christmas, I will shave the beard off. But guess what? 
as soon as December 26th rolls around, I'm letting the hair grow back. So last night, um, check out my Instagram too. If you want to see some of the pictures from last night, but not too far from where I live is a city called Portland, Maine, and they have really good food, really good restaurants. So we went to, we had a date night, um, you might say, and that is when uh, a couple might leave the kids at home and spend time with each other. And that's what we did. There's a little bit of a hill here. So I'm a little out of breath. There are more street lights here now. So I know where I'm at. Yeah, so we had a date night last night and we had this really good pizza. There's a picture of it on my Instagram. And the restaurant was called Via Vecchia, which means old street in Italian. So there are some figures across the, down the street here. I hope they aren't, I think they're just trash cans, but <clears throat> You probably can't see anything. It just looked a little weird for a second. That's part of the challenge though. Um, I was worried that a dog may come running out. You know, but hey, I still have to teach the lesson. It's not a challenge if it's easy. That's why this is English teacher challenge number 11, I think. Uh, yeah, so we had a great date night last night. It was a little present we gave to ourselves. And my children are 14 and 15 years old. So they could stay by themselves for a little bit. We had a very good night last night. Now, the last thing I wanna talk about uh, is my plans for next week. Heard something fall. It sounded like a dog, a chain. And uh, people probably are wondering, hey, who's that guy walking down the street with the light? Uh, in, a, in about a week, I was supposed to fly to Sweden. We were going to go through Germany, land in Germany, and then take another plane. This is a busier street. So I might turn around. Hey, but hopefully you're getting some good English listening comprehension. You know, I start the story and then sometimes I get distracted. So that's all part of learning a language. I'm sure that happens in your native language. People start telling the story. They might get sidetracked. That's when uh, people start telling a different story and they don't mean to. They might get a little distracted or a little sidetracked, but back to my story about the flight to Germany and then on to Sweden, and then we were going to take a ferry up to Finland. Well, guess what? It got canceled, just like almost everything else in 
2020, 2021, it was canceled. So I worry a little bit about young people. Um, like I said, my kids are in their early teens and they've had a lot of disappointments in the last couple years. They seem to be doing fine, but I think there are some children around the world, probably some adults too, that are a little frustrated because of all the disappointments that have happened over the past couple years. So I do worry a little bit about people's mental health. Um, just, you know, the world is such a different place than it was just two years ago. So, and I, and I don't think that is for the better. I think it's for the worst, uh, for the worse, uh, the, the, what's going on now in the world. And you look back, uh, almost two years ago, it'd be two years in just a couple months. Well, I hope you've learned some English from this. There is a whole playlist right up there of English teacher challenges. Thanks so much for watching. See you next time. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Brent here from American English with this guy. And this is a real English lesson. I do this for my students almost every day. And you are going to be getting a very authentic a very real English lesson by an American English teacher for free. It's almost like you're in my class. And today in the Northern Hemisphere, so the Northern half of the world, it is the winter solstice. So it's December 21st, shortest day of the year. And I have an article that we are going to read together, reading and listening. Those are two of the best ways to help you improve your English, and that's what we're going to do here. So let's take a look at this article. There will be a link in the description below, and this is from Dogo News. I like to use this because the English is simple, but just hard enough that I think you will learn some new vocabulary here, even if you are an advanced English student, or at least intermediate. There are actually a couple words that I didn't know in this article that I had to look up and hopefully I will pronounce them correctly. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult article. So the winter solstice explained. We've got 504 words here, so not too bad. That obviously is a picture of uh, a winter scene. So on Tuesday, December 21st, Northern Hemisphere residents will enjoy the shortest day of 2021. So let's talk about hemisphere. It literally translates to half a circle. So we're talking about the top half of the earth. So where I live in the United States, Germany, Italy, Russia, China, Japan, Korea, Northern Hemisphere, Poland, 
Southern Hemisphere. It's our friends in Brazil, Argentina, Peru. We'll be talking about the Southern Hemisphere in a minute because you all are celebrating summer, and I'm jealous. All right, let's continue reading. Next sentence. Known as the winter solstice, it marks the start of the astronomical winter season. Anytime you see astronomical, whoops, it's actually, I guess, going to load it for us. Um, think of something to do with space. Okay. Think of something to do with space, astronomical. All right. Let's get out of that. How do I get out of here? Boom. And that happens in uh, my real English classes too. Sometimes I don't know how to work the screen because I'm old, a boomer. This means that while the days following will grow longer, they will also be colder. Not fun if you don't like the winter. Conversely, that's a very fancy way in English to say like the opposite is true. Conversely, Southern Hemisphere residents will celebrate the summer solstice, the beginning of their astronomical summer with the longest day and the shortest night of the year. Now, this is the one that I actually had to look up because I've never seen this word before. The disparate, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. I had to look it up. The disparate seasons result from the Earth's rotation around the sun and its own axis. It's just another way to say like the opposite. Uh, we also might say polar opposite in English, the exact opposite, which is tilted at a 23.5 degree angle. So you probably know this, but the earth is kind of like tilted. So we right now in the Northern hemisphere, we are a little further away from the sun than everyone in the Southern Hemisphere. A little bit of science there for you with English class. The December solstice marks the time when the Northern Hemisphere is, is farthest away from the sun. Hence, it receives significantly less sunlight than the Southern Hemisphere, which is tilted towards the star. So significantly, just think like a lot. It's another way to say a lot more or uh, something like that because it receives significantly less, like a lot, a lot less. The solstice date varies, so changes a little bit, varies slightly from year to year and can fall anywhere from December 20th to 23rd. That's because the Gregorian calendar has 365 days. Now, you will probably never use Gregorian, but that's the calendar that we use in the United States, starting in J January, ending in December. I think Iran, maybe Afghanistan, uh, China. I think there are a few countries in the world that don't use the Gregorian calendar, but I think most of us do, with an extra leap day every four years. So... Every four years, we'll have a, a leap. We'll call it a yeep, leap year. And it is usually, for us in the United States, it's February 29th, that extra day. We call it leap day or leap year. It does not correspond precisely with the solar year, which lasts 300, 
65.2422 days. So about 365 and a quarter days. Throughout the entire day, I'm sorry, I messed that up. Through the entire, though, though the entire day is celebrated, the solstice occurs when the sun reaches its southernmost point in the sky. In 2021, that will be at 10.59 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's basically how we say New York time, which is what I'm on. That's Eastern Standard Time. And this is uh, Pacific because of the Pacific Ocean. Pacific Standard Time, which is where Los Angeles is. The winter solstice was particularly significant for ancient cultures. Significant means very important. I'm watching the time because I actually have students coming in in about 10 minutes. Like, that's how real this lesson is. Like, you are my first class. It's an empty classroom. And uh, I got to hurry because students are coming in. So I hope you're enjoying the lesson. If you are, do you mind hitting that like button? Uh, let's get back on with the lesson. Hopefully I don't forget where I'm at. The longer days that followed provided comfort that the sun had not left them. The star's rebirth was marked with elaborate ceremonies performed at structures specifically built for the occasion. So that's a pretty difficult sentence, I think. But a structure would be some kind of uh, a building, maybe, or maybe... Like if you know Stonehenge in England, that's a structure that's made out of stone, Stonehenge. Um, so that might that may have been made for uh, the summer or winter solstice. I'm not sure. Among the most fa oh, there we go. Among the most famous is Stonehenge in Wiltshire, England. The prehistoric, actually I mentioned this in one of my recent videos about large things. Prehistoric, it literally means before history, before history was written down. The prehistoric, I didn't mean to do that. The prehistoric religious site comprises a modest circle of stones precisely, another way to say exactly, aligned in the direction of the summer solstice's sunrise and the winter solstice's sunset. That is a very hard word to say. When you put an S at the end, solstice, solstices, you, you have to like emphasize that S, solstices. The ancient monument still attracts hundreds of people during the solstices. I don't know if you actually have to bob your head up and down as much as I'm doing when I say solstices, but it, it might help. Solstices. It's, it's just like clothes. That's a hard word to say. Clothing, not so hard. Clothes. English, right? And I'm sure in your language, you have some weird things that you have to say. Solstices. Luckily, that's not a very common word. Solstices. All right, let's make this bigger here. Right at the bottom, like two more paragraphs, I think, right? No, three more. This one is going to give me a hard time and you will probably laugh at me if you are Korean or Japanese, because I have to say, some words in your language that I'm sure I will butcher. 
So if you butcher a word, it means you mispronounce it. I'm sure I will do that. Newgrange, a burial mound in Ireland's Boyne Valley, is also a popular solstice destination. The massive, another way to say big, the massive stone structure, which dates back over 5,000 years, is designed to receive a ray of light into its central chamber at the dawn of the winter solstice. While the event is closed to visitors due to the pandemic, the breathtaking sunrise, breathtaking, it literally takes your breath away. You like looking at it so much, it's such a great sight to look at, it takes your breath away. The breathtaking sunrise will be live streamed from the chamber from December 20th to 22nd, 2021. Many cities and towns have started their own winter solstice traditions. In Japan, residents and even some zoo animals soak in hot baths filled with yuzu. I don't know what that is, but guess what? If I keep reading, I know that it is a citrus fruit reputed to provide the body immunity from colds. Oh my gosh, that's a pretty hard right there. So reputed, it means like people have said this, probably for a long period of time, reputed. And immunity, if you are immune to something, it means it can't hurt you. So you are less likely to get sick if your body has a good immunity system or a good immune system. We'll change it to immune, but immunity means it's not going to hurt you. In Korea, the winter solstice is called, yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. If you are watching from Korea, Dongji, that's wrong. I'm sorry. Or Little Lunar New Year, it celebrates the symbolic return of the sun. Many families observe the special day by eating patjuk. I don't know what that is, but if I keep reading, it's a red bean porridge made using azuki, beans, and rice flour dumplings known as that word right there. Shalsim. Again, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm butchering it. I'm sorry, but I at least know they're like little dumplings made from rice flour. Residents also sprinkle the red beans around the house to keep evil spirits at bay. If something is kept at bay, it's kept away from you, so it can't hurt you. The Secret Lantern Society, I'm sure that that's what that picture is. The Secret Lantern Society in Vancouver, Vancouver, Canada, marks the winter solstice with processions. That's uh, another way to say like a, a parade, people marching in line, processions, music and artistic performances in four locations around the city. Two venues also feature the labyrinths of light. Not an easy word to say. Labyrinths. A labyrinth is like a maze that you can walk through. Maybe you can get lost in it. The stunning displays each comprise 700 comprising. So let me read that again. The stunning displays each comprising 700 lit candles are designed to provide visitors with a calming experience. I do believe there is a preposition missing there each comprising of 700 lit candles. 
I think that is a typo, and that does happen sometimes. A typo is if uh, an article is written, but there is a mistake in it. I think that's a typo. I'm blaming the typo on why I read that sentence the wrong way at first. All right, you just experienced a real English lesson with a real English teacher. Thanks so much for watching. See you next time. Hey, hey, what's going on? We are live. It's a little earlier this morning. I usually go live a couple hours later than now. Hope everyone can make it. Welcome. If you're watching live, welcome. If you're watching on the replay, and uh, hey to everybody listening on the podcast, learn American English with this guy. If you are listening on the podcast, you mind leaving a review, rating really helps. And if you're listening here on YouTube, you can go ahead and smash that like button as the YouTubers say. Hey, Constantine, glad you could make it. Judith, how are you? Looks like Maria's here. Yulia. How are you, Ario? Welcome. Yeah, so there may be fewer people here, but your English will still improve. I think we're going to be here about an hour. I might tell some stories if there are no questions because listening to stories can really help you improve your English. And boy, do I have some stories. So I'm not sure how many people will show up this morning. That's an English phrasal verb, show up. It just means like to attend. So maybe you are hosting a party and you're hoping people will show up. You're hoping people will arrive. They Hopefully they will attend at some point. All right. I do see a question here though. So let's, let's start with a question. And then I have some stories about what happened this week. Crazy stories and what is happening later today. If you are a fan of winter, you might like what is happening today. If you follow me on Instagram, uh, you probably already know we're getting a big snowstorm a little bit later today. So, all right. What's on time? Okay. Okay. There's some questions. Audi, Constantine. Hey, thank you so much for being members. What does ask for the moon mean? Ask for the moon. Well, I think it basically means you're wanting too many things. I don't think we use it that often here in the United States, um, but maybe a child, if they are asking for the moon, it's just they want everything. Maybe you walk into a store and they're like, Daddy, Mommy, buy me this, buy me this. Like You're asking for the moon. Or it might mean you're asking for something that isn't likely to happen. So maybe if I said, Hey, I want the entire world to have peace, you know, just, I want everybody to be happy. Somebody might say, well, you know, you're kind of asking for the moon. That's not really likely to happen. There's always going to be misery in some parts of the world. There's always going to be wars, which is unfortunate, but I think that's what ask for the moon means. Um, it might've been popular in the United States 20, 30, 40 years ago. I don't think it's all that common right now. Yeah. Ario show up. It means to appear or to come. Whew. 
that word is a tough word, right? I need to come up with a deep dive lesson on the word come. So many different definitions, so many different phrasal verbs. Come up, think up of something. That's what that means. Think of something, plan something. Oh, English, right? Audi, hope all is going well in Thailand. Uh, what's on time style? American guy. I don't know what on time style is. You probably know what on time means, right? And Americans, I think, really, if um, if I start this live stream at 7.30 a.m., I need to be on time. I need to start it at 7.30. I don't need to start it at 7.35 or 7.40. So I don't know what on time style is. I only know what on time is. So in, in the United States, punctuality, big word right there. That means being on time. If you are punctual for something, it means you arrive on time. And in the United States, I think that five or 10 minutes early is actually on time. So some of you, may be planning on moving to the United States one day. And if you move here, you probably want to get a job, right? So if you have a job interview and everybody is hiring in the United States, nobody wants to work. The lines are so long to wait to pay for things. In England, they might call it a queue, but in the United States, we call it a line. And last night, my wife and I, we went Christmas shopping. I hate shopping. I, I don't need a lot of things. The people that are in my family really don't need a lot of things. So all the shopping I do is either for like groceries, things I need, or if I need a new microphone or something, I will just order it on Amazon and it comes to my house. But last night... We went into one store. The line to buy something was 25 minutes long. It was 25 minutes long. It's really hard to get um, people to work in the United States now. So if you have a job interview, you probably want to show up 10 minutes early and that's on time. All right, Maria. Looks like Maria has to go, but she will be back. Hey, Nine eight nine eight four zero. Hola, Mr. Brent. I'm back to enjoy your useful lessons. Hey, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're back. Let's see. I thought there was another. Freddie Wolf. France is in the house. Welcome. Judith is here. And she has a question. Do you know how I know she has a question? It says question in front of her question. That is a great idea. I won't miss it if you put question in front of that. I'd like to know the difference in pronunciation between, oh, wet and wet. What kind of sentence would you use them? All right, so wet. I'm going to have to write this down, won't I? Or I can just say the one with the H. So W-H-E-T and W-E-T. So um, I'm actually going to write something down here. So you might hear this 
wet your whistle. Okay. And I will, uh, it's spelled like this. Uh, yeah. Wet your whistle, wet your appetite. You will hear that. And I don't think a lot of people know there's a difference in the spelling for that. But when you say wet your whistle, wet your appetite, it means you're giving somebody a little bit of a taste of something. It might be food, but it might not be actually food. And what I mean by that is maybe you just get a little preview of something. Maybe you get a little sample. All right. Big movie released in the United States this weekend. Spider-Man. I think it's Far From Home, the third one. So the movie companies, they will release what we call in English a trailer. So it's like two minutes of the movie, and that is designed to whet your whistle, whet your appetite to make you want to go and see the whole movie. So whet your whistle, give you just a little taste so you want more. And that is the correct spelling. Now, the other wet, I think if you've been studying English for a couple years, if you understand most of what I'm saying, you know wet has something to do with water. Uh, and it just means to, uh, it's hard to define, but it's like you get, you get water on you, right? Speaking of water, I should hydrate. So I hope that helps. Uh, I didn't explain wet that much because I think most people know it, right? If it's raining outside and you go outside, you are going to get wet. I think the W-H-E-T one, that was the harder one, right? Anyway, let's get rid of that and let's find another question. Looking through the comments here. What about food? Ooh, yeah. What's your whistle? Yeah. Is it an idiom or an expression? So I would think it's an idiom because we don't literally do anything with a whistle. Like it might be like that whistle. Hey, do you have any dogs listening in the background? Hey to all the dogs. There's a whistle, but yeah, it's a definitely an idiom. What's your whistle? It just gives you a little taste. Just gives you a little taste, making you want more. All right, here we go. Freddie Wolf. This is looks like a question. I see a question mark in there. Hi, Brent. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I always struggle with the phrases find out, figure out. Could you make examples of both? Yeah, sure. So both phrasal verbs, the good news is they mean the same thing. Okay. It usually involves a mystery that you need to solve. So right now, I'm hoping you are going to figure out and find out what those two phrases mean. So you have something that's unknown, but then it becomes known. You learn it. So let's say you have to get to a job interview. Okay. And it's downtown. It's like a few miles from your house. You have to figure out a way to get there. You have to find a way to get there. 
So you may ask a friend and they may say, yeah, I can take you. I can take you to your job interview. Well, you've figured out that problem. Um, so for that, I don't know if I would use find out. Sometimes they can be used in the same exact way. <laughs> Sometimes they cannot. Um, let's see. Let's say that um, there might be something that you don't even realize you don't know. And we might say that you find it out. For example, I don't know why this example came into my head, but it did for the first thing. Uh, let me change it, actually. Let me change it. I got another one. Um, let's say you have an English class and you think it starts at four o'clock in the afternoon. But earlier in the day, you find out it actually starts at three. So I guess, and I'm just trying to think of this in my head right now, I think find out, it still means something becomes known to you, you understand it, but maybe you didn't know you didn't understand it. I might need to make a, an official video on this because they are, they are the same, but they're a little different. So let's say figure out means you have a puzzle you need to solve. Find out you didn't know you had that puzzle and somebody tells you. So maybe you find out that there was a terrible crash, a terrible accident nearby your house. Um, luckily, I watch the weather. So I know that it's going to snow this afternoon, like quite a bit. But if somebody didn't watch the weather and they just walked out their door this afternoon, they might find out we have a lot of snow. So I hope that helps. It took me a second to figure out the difference between those two expressions. So they're almost the same, but slightly different. I might make a note and do an official video either on this channel or uh, American English Guide 2. All right. Hope that helps, Freddie. If there are any questions about figure out, find out, ask them in the chat and I will do it. Hey, Sunshine, Cecilia, hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all doing. Oh, no. Is that is that uh, does that happen in Thailand? Like so if you have a three o'clock appointment, people will show up at three oh five, three fifteen. Yeah, that uh, that doesn't happen here. It might happen, but if it's for a job interview, you might not be able to get a job. All right. Wow. Lots of questions here. Let me get to them. Let me get to them. Here's a good one right here. Mustafa, how are you? Hope you're doing well, Mustafa. Thank you for becoming a member. I'm looking through. I got to take care of the members. I got to help them out. I got to make sure their questions are answered. All right. Could you please... Tell me the meaning of referral in medicine. Oh my. Yeah, uh, this is this is luckily it's an easy one, but it's a pain in the neck if you have to get a referral from medicine. I'm gonna tell a story, a uh, personal story when I have to get a referral. All right. 
I keep saying that I need to do uh, a lesson on insurance, medical insurance in the United States. But let's just talk about referral here. So because I'm a teacher, I have health insurance. I think I might pay $400 a month for health insurance. It's a lot of money. So that covers myself and it covers my two children. So health insurance is expensive in the United States. So I can go to my doctor pretty much anytime I want. I make an appointment. It might take a week for them to see me, but I can get an appointment. Now I have a bad ankle. When I was in the fourth grade, I broke my ankle. I was like 10 years old and it never properly healed. So every six months I need to go to a different doctor and they give me a shot in my ankle. Well, because that's a different doctor, I have to get a referral. And a referral is when I call my primary doctor, my first doctor, my primary doctor, and I ask them, hey, I have this ankle problem. I need to go see a different doctor. Is that okay? And then they write the referral. I hope that makes sense. So if you have like your everyday yearly checkups, you know, maybe you have the flu, maybe you're feeling a little sick, you might go see your doctor. You don't need a referral. Anytime you need something special, you need a referral. Um, maybe if I had some heart trouble, okay, my main, my primary care doctor they don't specialize in heart problems. So they may say, hey, I can't help you as well as another doctor can. I'm going to write a referral. So your insurance company requires a referral if you see another doctor besides your primary doctor. Um, I don't know if I want, I probably don't want to share my insurance card information, but Listed on my insurance card. Oh, I'll show you the back of it. How about that? That's the, that's the back of my insurance card right there. On the front, it has my name and it actually has my doctor's name. So that's your primary care physician. Big words there. I hope that helps. I know I discussed uh, referral, but I think there were a couple other English terms in there. Hopefully help you out. All right, let's see some more questions here. Audie, Audie the tie, DJ Brent. I don't understand why they use this word. Can I come to your party? Why don't you use go? I watch from the Dharma man. Okay. Um, both work, both work. Hey, can I come to your party? That means you're inviting yourself. It's not exactly polite, but um, it happens. Hey, can I come to your party? Can I go to your party? Yeah, I, I definitely need to do a deep dive on come because you could have a dog. We have a dog now. And if I say, hey, come here, that means like moving towards a person. Hey, can you come here? We might do that. Hey, can you come here? Or we might use come as go. Like, hey, can I come to your party? But yeah, 
It's you can use both. Oh, geez. Ario, what is the American dream? Do I believe in the American dream? Okay, so the American dream is that maybe your family growing up when you're a kid, you don't have a lot of money. Um, it's not always money, but the American dream often involves money. So if you are a kid and uh, you know you're smart, you're talented, but your family, you know, might live in low income. Um, sometimes you'll hear the projects in the United States. Those are neighborhoods where people don't have a lot of money for the most part. The American dream would be if you work hard, you can be anything you want to be. That person growing up in that poor neighborhood may one day become president of the United States. That would be the American dream. Do I believe in the American dream? Yes, I do do think it's possible. Or if somebody, uh, maybe you're watching in a different country and you say, Hey, one day I want to come to the United States. I want to work really hard. I want to become successful. Whatever success is to you. Does it involve money? I don't know. Does it involve happiness? But the American dream is that anybody can be anything they want to be if they work hard enough. The only thing I would add is that I think you need a little bit of luck. Also, you need to be in the right place at the right time. That's a saying we have in the United States in the right place at the right time. But yes, I do believe that you can achieve the American dream. You need hard work. You need some talent. I think that talent comes from hard work, but yeah. Good question, Ario. Thank you for that. Oh my gosh. Cecilia, right? Shopping is the worst. And in the United States, many Americans will be celebrating Christmas one week from today. And so a lot of people feel they need to buy other people things, just things. I need to get you something. I need to get. That's a I'm working on a deep dive on get. That's a tough word. We use it in so many ways. But yeah, that's that's not the American dream. Spend money you don't have on other people. That, you know, Christmas. Um, my favorite thing about Christmas is celebrating it with the family. Food, of course. It's a lot like Thanksgiving. Get your family together, eat some food, maybe exchange a couple presents to let people know you care, but don't a lot of people, my family doesn't, but a lot of people spend a lot of money that they don't have. It's too bad. Ooh, a food question. Nine, eight, nine, eight, four, zero. Hey, Mr. Brent, how about food? Oh, do you shop for any food? Okay. Okay. Let's talk about, um, really quickly food for Christmas. So the one thing I guess about Thanksgiving that's different from Christmas in my family, other families are different. Um, Thanksgiving, you take a lot of time to prepare, to prepare food. So you spend a lot of time preparing food. That's part of Thanksgiving. 
for Christmas, it's a lot of snacks, things that we can cook quickly, or there's a tradition in my family on Christmas Eve, and that's the night before Christmas, Christmas Eve, so December 24th, we always get Chinese food because the United States has um, some you know, Chinese immigrants, people that have come from China, and they don't celebrate Christmas generally, you know, most, some might. Uh, so the restaurants are open on Christmas Eve and we just go pick up the food. We don't prepare the food. We would rather just watch movies, Christmas movies, spend time with each other and eat uh, really greasy, unhealthy food together. So that's, that's kind of what we do for a Christmas meal. All right. Freddie Wolf, maybe a little help here with figure out and find out. Hi, Brian. Oh, yeah. oh, I already did this question. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm mixed up here in the chat. All right. Hey, Hey, Judith, can you explain the meaning of incentivize? I can, I can. If something this is a verb. You incentivize something. Um, but the noun is incentive. Incentive. What is an incentive? An incentive is something that makes somebody do something or it encourages them to do something. Okay. Encourage. Make them want to do something. A lot of times those definitions aren't as helpful as examples. So let's say that you have a job and in your job, there are incentives. So maybe you are making cars. I don't know. I think that still happens in the United States. We do have some car manufacturers. So an incentive for you to work quickly might be bonus money. So if you can make this car in an hour, you get more money. That would be an incentive. Um, at my school, we sort of have an incentive. It usually involves money. Um, but if you eat healthy or you walk so many miles, they might give you a little extra money. We can sign up for it on a website. And you can earn $200 a year for being healthy. So that would be an incentive to be healthy. You might have an incentive to work more quickly. Hope that helps. You can give yourself incentives also. So maybe you say to yourself, if I go to the gym and work out for one hour, I will reward myself with a chocolate chip cookie. That could be incentive for you to go to the gym and work out. Now, I would say you probably, if you're looking to lose weight, you probably shouldn't incentivize yourself with food for going to the gym. But yeah, hopefully that helps. Incentive. Hey, Miho is here. Hope all is well in Japan as my eye. Okay. Thought something was in my eye. And but if yet, but if yet, 
Just looking. Oh, my goodness. Constantine. All right. The allergies, too. Some allergies today. I have allergies all year now. It used to be only in the spring. At one time, I had allergies only in the spring. Now, I think it's all year around. All right. I think I might need a, uh, I might need to hydrate a little bit here before I do end up and turns out a couple very difficult phrasal verbs. Um, kind of the same, but uh, kind of not. All right, we're back. Um, end up and turns out. So both of them mean like the result of at the end of something. You got end there. Um, man, this is a tough one. Maybe I should do a lesson on this. Because um, you could ask yourself the question, how did I end up here? So that is when something turns out a different way than you thought it would, right? So uh, let's go back to that American dream. A little person growing up saying, hey, I want to be a doctor one day. And um, maybe they are in their 40s and they're not a doctor. Maybe they are homeless. And they could say, how did I end up here? So in a way, it's like the final thing that happens. Um, end up. Yeah. And it could be physically too. Um, you may are, uh, you may be in a new town and you're trying to find a store and you end up in a different part of town. Maybe your GPS had you go a different way. So end up is a very difficult one. It has a lot of different meanings that are unrelated. Turns out, uh, we say that quite a bit too. Yeah. It turns out let's say this afternoon, uh, snowstorm, we're supposed to get like six inches of snow. It's about 15 centimeters. Well, I'm not sure if you know this, but the, um, meteorologists, that's a fancy word for a weatherman or a weather woman, a meteorologist. Well, Hey, it might turn out that they were wrong and we actually don't get any snow turns out. I don't know. Hopefully, I shed a little light on those two phrasal verbs. Something makes me think that I need to actually make a video and think about those more. Okay. So, to review, end up. Yeah, because we wouldn't use that for the snow. Um, end up, it means you are in a different place than you thought you would be. Could be physically, like a different place when you're trying to find something. Or it could be just in life where if you think you're going to be a doctor and you end up being homeless. So it means things have turned out differently. And I just use turned out in that definition. Uh, turns out can also be used when something doesn't happen and you thought it would. So it turns out we didn't get any snow. Or um, let's talk about that job interview again. So maybe it's at three o'clock. You find out that it's at four o'clock or it turns out 
that it's at four o'clock. English. I'm confusing myself. I hope that helps. They're, these are just not very simple topics. All right. Cecilia, phrasal verbs. Gotta love them. Gotta love them. Hey, I know the definition of end. That's when something finishes, right? Yeah, easy enough. Ends up kind of different. Just putting that one little preposition with a verb can totally change everything. All right. Yeah, this one, hopefully. Cecilia, Argentina's in the house. Can you give us an example using work up, work up something? Like in, I worked up an appetite in the gym. Yes, sure. I'm going to use it uh, two ways to work up because um, somebody can get worked up as well. Okay. So let's look at Cecilia's um, sentence. Work up an appetite in the gym. It means you're burning calories and you're just becoming hungry. So worked up an appetite. Maybe somebody has been working all day physically. Maybe they've been digging, digging holes. You're like, wow, I've worked up an appetite. Just means to get hungry. But Thank you, Cecilia. That was, I think Cecilia knows what that means. Maybe she was trying to give me an easy question. That, that could be it. Her English is very good. Another way though, to get worked up, it could be you're getting angry. Okay. He was getting worked up in the traffic. Maybe he was late for his job interview and there was a lot of traffic. So he was getting worked up. That means to get angrier and angrier. You get worked up. All right. Whew. Take a breath. Thank you, Cecilia. Thank you. Hey, Julie Olis just got here. Well, welcome. Welcome. Naomi, how are you? Been a little while. Been a little while. Okay, geez. Yawin, hope all, well, all is well in Taiwan. So the puzzle explanation helped her figure it out. Whew. Sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like confusing myself. These are um, some pretty difficult topics. All right, let's see, Julia. Could you uh, ex please? Oh yeah, sure I can. Could you please explain the meaning of baby shower? Does it relate to Christmas? Uh, no. In no way. Does baby shower relate to Christmas? What a baby shower is, is that, let's say uh, a man and a wife, that could be two men, could be two women, but um, a couple is expecting a baby. They have become pregnant, right? The mom is with child. And especially if it's their first child, they might have a baby shower. In the United States, it was always etiquette that you would not have a baby shower for your second child. Etiquette. I threw that in. If you saw the video I did at an American hotel, it was released this week. We talked about elevator etiquette, the way you should behave in an elevator now. Um, keeping your distance same family. So a baby shower is when a couple is expecting a baby. 
they might not have clothes clothes for the baby. They might not have enough clothing for the baby. They might not have enough bottles. They might not have enough bibs. That's that's the little piece of cloth that a baby wears around their neck so they don't spill it all over their clothes. So uh, a couple will have a baby shower, and that is when all of their friends come over to their house and give them presents that they can use for the baby. Yeah, that's a baby shower. The only reason a baby shower would happen near Christmas is that that family is expecting their baby in maybe February. You usually have the baby shower a couple months before the baby arrives just so you can set everything up. Phrasal verb. So I hope that helps. Baby shower. Couple has it before the baby arrives and they often get a lot of supplies they can use with the new baby. I think um, most people would avoid having a baby shower anywhere near Christmas. I think they would have it either in January or November or maybe even October because we have a lot of holidays in November and December and a lot of people don't have a lot of money during that time. So they might try to work around it. Hey, Rogers, how are you? Hope you're doing well. I saw some comments this week from you. And uh, right now I am rubbing my eye. That's the verb I might use because it, uh, it feels like something might have gotten in it. We are a little bit earlier than we normally are. So I might have some sleepies in my eye still. That's what we call those little crusty things that get in your eye while you're sleeping. A sleepy. But I took a shower this morning to try to wash out all of those sleepies. Maybe I missed one. All right. Ario, I'm always missing your questions, right? Hey, I promise I am not ignoring them. I'm just missing them. Hey, you missed my question. What is an American dream? I answered that question. Come on, Ario. I answered that question. Uh, Sir, do you know Algeria? I know a little bit about Algeria. Um, Algeria is located on the northwestern coast of Africa, right at the top there. One of the biggest countries in Africa. I don't think it's the biggest, but it might be. Now that Sudan and South Sudan have separated, um, is Algeria the biggest country in Africa? Capital of uh, Algeria is Algiers. And the two most common languages of Algeria are French and Arabic. So that's, that's what I know about Algeria, I think. Yeah, great country, Algeria. Big country. Yeah, jeez. Come so many. I mean, literally, I could spend an hour talking about all the different ways we use that word. Hello. Looking through. California Dream. Yeah. There is a song that was popular in the 1960s by a group called the Mamas and the Papas. And it's called California Dreamin'. California Dreamin'. 
Barack Obama, my favorite American president. Now, I think that Barack Obama might have lived out that American dream, another phrasal verb, lived out. So I don't believe he grew up. I don't think he was rich. Bill Clinton is another president who did not grow up rich. I think Donald Trump grew up pretty wealthy. Um, George Bush, they grew up pretty wealthy, I think. They were into oil. But yeah, some presidents have lived the American dream. Look at this. Look at this manual. Hey, famous song by the mamas and the papas. Yeah. All right. Yawin. Question. Hi, Brent. Could you explain end the year on a high note? Yeah, absolutely. So the end of the year is coming up officially. I feel like I'm moving. I feel like I'm sitting up taller and taller, moving the microphone higher and higher. Um, so if we end the year on a high note, we're getting towards the end of the year, aren't we? We have two weeks left in 2021, depending on which calendar you follow. But if you end the year on a high note, it means you have a little bit of success, a little bit of happiness at the end of the year. A high note would be something positive. So, man, 2021, as we get to the end of the year, there was still a lot of bad news in the world, right? We thought 2020 was the worst because of everything that was happening with the virus. Well, 2021, to end the year on a high note, you want some positive news at the end, right? A little bit of hope at the end of the year. That's what end on a high note means. Oh no, it looks like it's cold in Japan today. Cold in Japan. Now, I think a lot of Americans don't realize Northern Japan gets some snow. And I do remember seeing some primates. Primates are what we would call um, gorillas, baboons. People are primates. Um, they're basically animals that are kind of hairy, walk on two legs, mostly. I, I don't know what they're called. Bonobos in English, maybe. I don't know. But I remember seeing some primates in a warm pool of water, but it was snowing. Are they snow gorillas of Japan, maybe? Is that what they're called? Snow, let's look it up. Snow gorillas of... Maybe not. Really. Ooh, I don't know how to say this word. Yeah, this is what they are. I can share this. I don't know what these are. I don't know how to say this uh, in... Okay, macaw. I know there's an animal called the macaw in English. And that is a... Um, that's a bird, though. So the Japanese makakwe... That is probably wrong. But you know what we can do? We can look up the pronunciation of it. I love Google. I love Google. You will never need to know how to... how to. But look at this. The first thing that I look up... No, it's not. I was thinking, uh, how do you pronounce it? That's one of the first. Let's see. 
Uh, it's not working. But it is. It's Macaw. The Macaw. If anybody was curious, the Macaw. All right. That was just a, just a little fun, probably for me. Probably everybody is watching the stream and they're like, we don't care. I don't care about the Japanese macaw, but maybe, um, maybe Miho knows a little bit about the Japanese macaw. There you go. Macaw, but I can't hear it. Maybe you can hear it, but I can't hear macaw. All right. Back to the lesson. Manual. It is funny. A lot of people say I hate shopping, but later you uh, bump, maybe bump into them. Yep, I did. I went shopping in Portland, Portland, Maine. It's our biggest city. It has the best mall. I don't think it's a great mall, but I did bump in to a friend of mine. Bump in, bump, bump in. And um, I was sitting on a couch waiting for my wife because they have couches at the mall and I was ready to go home. So I was sitting on the couch. I had a couple bags at my feet and um, my friends walked by and they said, wow, you look thrilled to be here. I said, yeah, I'm ready to go home. So they could probably tell I was just bored. I was on my phone. I think I was probably answering some comments on YouTube or, or something, but I was ready to go ready to go um julia could you give me some uh some yes and don'ts about visiting maine sure the 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 state that i live in i sure can um we might call these uh do's and don'ts do's and don'ts so what are some do's and don'ts of maine um do come here with a lot of money. Unfortunately, my state is pretty expensive if you come to visit. Um, do visit the city of Portland. I love Portland. I think this summer, Jamie and I will go to some of our favorite spots in Portland and film an English lesson, I think. Um, let's see. Do bring your walking shoes. Bring comfortable shoes because I think you will want to walk along the ocean. I think you'll want to walk up in the mountains. Um, do come here prepared to have a good time. Can't think of too many don'ts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good place where I live. It's just, it's very expensive to come and visit. We do have a lot of tourism here in the state of Maine. And so when, other people want to come and visit your state and the prices do go up just because they can charge more money. But yeah, yeah. Let me know if you're ever coming to the state, I will, uh, I will let you know what you should do and don't send me a message. Maybe we can meet up somewhere in Portland. All right. Ario. Here we go. What? Wait, we Chen? Is he in here? Hey, what's going on, man? It's been a long time. How are you? We Chen is in New York. He He's probably graduating pretty soon. Is he a junior this year? 
He started following the channel last year. Oh, yeah, Mega. Hey, Mega, what's going on? Biden had a lot of struggles in his life. That is for sure. Um, One of the biggest was when he was a very young father. So I think he had three children, right? He had one daughter, two sons, and a wife. And his wife and his daughter were killed, I believe, in a car accident. So he was a single father with two young boys. Yeah, he has had a lot of struggles in his life. Making the spirit bright, Ario is wondering. Yeah. Um, so a lot of our Christmas songs, they're, they're written a long time ago. They were written a long time ago. So um, there's one Christmas song, Deck the Halls, it's called. And there's one line in that, Dawn we now are gay apparel. Dawn we now are gay apparel. That just means we put on our happy clothes. But like Dawn, like it starts with the verb. Dawn we now are gay apparel. Yeah, so put on our happy clothes. Um, So making the spirit bright i think it just means to have a good time pretty much around christmas time yeah making spirit bright just it's not correct english these days but i think when jingle bells was written 500 years ago or whenever it was written it probably made a lot of sense now i think it's hey yeah don't listen to christmas songs and try to learn english Unless they were written, you know, recently. I think Mariah Carey has had a couple Christmas songs lately, but yeah, it's tough. Hey, learn Italian with songs. Sleepies. Yeah. I think I think I got the sleepies out. Oh, very nice. Yeah, Italian. I gotta look up um what's his name? Ollie Richards, I think. He's a guy that um, I read a lot of Italian books from because they're easy. And he just came out with uh, what a complicated uh, language Italian is because of all the dialects, because of all the dialects. Italian is a, is a young language. It has not been around for very long. Fatima, hope you're doing well. Ah, yeah, no problem. No problem, Mario. No problem, Mario. Sometimes it takes me a long time to get to the question, and I'm, I apologize for that. Constantine, how are you? Privet, privet. Um, thank you for becoming a channel member here. Thanks, Mr. Brent. Really difficult phrasal verbs. For example, I was driving my car, and it turns out I forgot my wallet. Now I ended up in a bad situation. Yeah, it's come on phrasal verbs. But what they do for us native English speakers because we hear them so often, that's why I encourage you lots and lots of listening that uh it helps us th- say things in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. Turns out ends up so tough. I should probably do should probably do a lesson on those two together. I, I probably forgot some points to that. 
Bob the Canadian. Hey, can never say enough good things about Bob the Canadian. I think he is going live questions and answers. So if I don't answer your question or you think of a question later, check him out. He will be going live soon. All right. I don't know why I is that why do I love Italy? I don't know. And I'm not sure I like I love Italy more than any other country. But I have been studying Italian for about two almost three years. It will be three years in April. And so many Americans study French. They study Spanish. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna learn Italian. Not as many Americans learn Italian. I think that's the fourth most studied language by Americans, though. I think Spanish is first. French might be Latin. And then Italian. German is up there. I know that. Um, my son is looking at another school next year to go to, maybe. And one of the schools that he is looking at it offers Mandarin Chinese. Another one offered Arabic. So there are, there are some very popular languages. A lot of the romance languages are popular for Americans, but we're branching out a little bit. Branching out. Another phrasal verb. So some Americans are learning Arabic and Mandarin. Japanese and Korean are also very popular. I'm going to skip down. All right. Here's it. How can I improve my speaking skills? Fatma. It's a great question. I said, um, I think I said last week, I'm going to release a video on how to find a speaking partner. Yeah, that didn't happen. I need to. Oh, and I'm also a, a company reached out. Another phrasal verb. A company reached out to me this week and said, Hey, we really like the way you teach English and uh, I might be working with them. So, um, stay tuned. I might have, uh, some information on, uh, a couple apps that you can use to find uh speaking partners. But I always say, if you can't find a speaking partner, do you know what the next best thing you can do? Lots of listening, lots and lots of listening. How far is Bangor? That's how we pronounce that, by the way, in Maine. Bangor, Maine. It's the third biggest town. It's about two hours from my house. Two hours. Russia is my dream. Welcome. Hey, if you're watching, do you mind hitting that like button? It helps other people find the channel. Russia is my dream. Please tell me how to speak the T sound in the verb wanted. I wanted to do something. <laughs> no. Will I make a video of jumping in the ice water? No, I will not. I will not. But there are some people in my state of Maine. They call themselves uh, the Polar Bear Club. And I think there's one day in January where they dig a hole in the ice and they jump into the ice water. That is not something that I want to do, though. That would probably stop my heart. So, no. But Russia, 
Hey, if you're from Russia, привет, привет, как дела, как дела. Wanted, wanted. That is actually a hard T. Sometimes the T's in English are actually D's, like water, water. It's more of a D sound. I think, yeah, I think so. I think Mainers are pretty cool. Yeah, I think we are pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, hey, if you are a channel member, that's right. Why don't we see you, Constantine? Come on, man. Join the Discord. We're in there. I try to check that. Um, I try to check that every single day. Talking about, I know what some of the weather that's going on around the world, what people are eating. Um, the Sweden trip. Yes, I did make a members video on uh, Sweden. That is coming up in a couple weeks. A couple weeks. I will be doing some lessons from Sweden and Finland, I think. If they don't get canceled. If they don't get canceled. All right. Here's a crazy thing. I need to get going. I need to leave. My son has a hockey game. That's what Monday through Friday. I'm teaching English at my school. Saturday and Sunday, my son is playing hockey. So I'm driving him to his games. Crazy, huh? Pros and cons, do's and don'ts. That's a little different. Pros and cons and do's and don'ts. They're almost the same. Maybe I should make a a lesson on that. I do want to thank you all. Do want to thank you all. Miho, been around for a while. Thank you so much for all your support. Mega, you've been around for a long time too. Wee Chen, he's back. He was one of my first subscribers, I think, back in the day. Was that two years ago? YouTube, it'll be two years in January. So we're almost a month away from this channel being two years old. So thank you so much, Cecilia. Thank you so much for everybody who uh, chimed in today. Phrasal verbs. Everybody who showed up today. Harry, oops, Harry, there you are. Thank you, Yulia. Thank you. I will see you all soon. I'm on vacation starting Thursday. So I think Thursday, let's do it. Let's do another live lesson. Hopefully this helped you with your English about an hour of English listening. Huh? How can you go wrong? Can't go wrong. See you, Julia. Thank you all.